0: Welcome to North of the Shire, your podcast on all things Lord of the Rings, but in all honesty, it's mostly about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game by Games Workshop. I'm your host, Don, and this is episode 36. My co-host today is a man of many colors and a craftsman extraordinaire. It's Chris Masella. How are you doing, sir?
1: Not bad. How are you yourself, Don?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Crazy busy these days. Uh, We're back after, I think it's probably been six or seven weeks since we've put out an episode. So it's been a long sort of hiatus.
1: Yeah, I I find this time of the year is always a tough time of the year. Summer, people are taking different vacations, hard to get everybody on their schedule. Obviously, Drew still has a very young one. Um, Garrett has been crazy busy in the job he has. So it's been, it has been tough to kind of get everybody oh, together. I know.
0: I know. It's crazy. And um, <clears throat> as Andrew has been otherwise occupied for several months now, uh, I, I was kind of going to the well on Garrett like quite a bit <laughs> and, you know, really appreciate him coming in to do what, like I think three episodes with me or two or three anyways. Um, yeah. So I figured, you know, let's track down this Chris guy. We haven't, we haven't heard from him for a while.
1: Yeah, it's always good to join. Like Again, catching up. I am the non-competitive of the group, or I'm trying to be competitive, but uh, fall into the craspin bucket for sure. All right, well,
0: before we continue our chat, let's just go through what we plan to talk about in this episode. Um, We're going to do a catch up with Chris because it's been a while since we've talked with Chris. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about what's on our painting tables um we're going to talk about a tournament that we just attended this past weekend and we're going to talk about playing in a league as there's a lot to talk about there so so that's the plan
1: sounds good i mean listen i'm i think when we get to the topic of league uh it is the main reason the league that you we participate in is the main reason i got into this hobby uh, in terms of the Lord of the Rings so right on got Good. a lot of comments on
0: that awesome awesome so what have you been up to lately because it's been a long time I know this year you've posted early in the year you started posting pictures of stuff that you've painted um, you know you made you made a bold comment early in the year that you how you were gonna crush us all in your your painting uh, and I forget actually what was the what was the uh, goal
1: So the goal was... uh, The first and foremost goal was to build an army of Dale. Right. That was the primary goal. Uh, But then I really wanted to encourage you guys to get (laughs) painting. So I think, Don, I mean, you have been painting some, but getting Drew and Garrett to finish their armies, I thought I'd throw out an even bolder challenge. And I said that for every model you guys paint combined, I will need to beat that total. So if combined together you guys... Paint uh, 200 models, I have to paint 200 models. So
0: essentially, it's the team of Garrett, Andrew, and Don versus Chris.
1: That is correct. That is correct. And I believe and again,
0: you also said that it's any kind of miniature, like it could be a 40K miniature or any kind of miniature.
1: Yeah, any kind. And it really was, again, just getting people started on the painting was what I was trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let you count, but I was going to primarily do my response was going to be only Lord of the Rings models though so um, I have done one Blood Bowl model but I'm not gonna count that okay
0: All right. cool cool well let me give you a catch up on where I am because I just pulled up my document um, because I try to keep track of uh, how many models I purchase and how many I've I've painted for the year so so far this year I've painted a whopping 39 models not all that impressive for it's years over half done now so it's not bad i
1: mean 39 is a very good pace i I always find the number for a year that that i think i always feel okay about um obviously i like to do more is 100. i think if everybody did 100 that's pretty much like a model every three days i think that that's a doable goal to get by so you're not far off the pace
0: well and you usually like to do two armies kind of back to back as you know uh brother and sister kind of armies um so and and like 50 models to me is is basically an army isn't it in lord of the rings right so or like a fairly decent size army yeah um just as an aside uh, my pa- or my purchased so 39 painted, my purchased very undisciplined year so far 167 <laughs> models. So well, yeah, well
1: I think you got caught you, you got <laughs> uh, caught up in the glamour of those 3D printed models that that you saw. I think they're beautiful models. Don't get me wrong, I have great. Yeah. but you started collecting those and that quickly escalated because they are cheaper than the the Games Workshop models. Yeah. Yeah. You can pretty much escalate to a large amount of models very easily,
0: honestly, though. Um, I, I like I don't have the total, like what percentage of the stuff I've bought is 3D printed, but like definitely over half of the stuff is totally legit GW models, so it's Boy. mostly GW stuff, honestly
1: oh really, really? there's a, there's
0: actually you... some other companies in there too where I bought a couple sets of models actually are they even on here my total may be horrendously <laughs> higher than what I just read out actually I don't think they're on here actually yeah like because oh, just... you bought a couple of sets oh, of yeah. dwarves
1: I think you did you bought dwarves <clears> you bought <throat> I yeah don't remember all the things you bought but you did you did collect and they were nice models so
0: no doubt yeah Yeah. I I used some of them recently in a tournament painting them up special for that I just love them Um, but yeah I've bought some other stuff recently we've we've been dipping our toe into the graves the frost grave and star grave um not games workshop. it's is it Osprey? I think it's Osprey it's Osprey. Yeah. Um, so we've played Frostgrave before. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. It was years ago. they've they've got their second edition and out now. Just picked up that and I actually bought three boxes of their miniatures. Garrett bought a couple of boxes, so we're gonna swap some sprues there because their parts are interchangeable between their different boxes so which like is really which is really a great idea smart. Yeah. yeah um and what else uh, and Stargrave. um we've actually started that we've played a game one game or two i forget um so we have our teams and and i dug out all my old 40k stuff and i actually bought a couple 40k models um to paint up for that so so that's been that's been fun but that's kind of what i've been working on
1: yeah i mean from my side um Obviously, at the beginning of the year, uh, like my my approach to models and painting is to buy everything up front, yeah. buy the whole model, build it. So it's a little different than other people do. And the reason I do that is it sets a goal for me and it sets a saying, okay, once this is done, I have a full army and then I'm not picking and choosing um, models here and there and having to go back and buy. So yeah. I build them all at once and I do it so... Um, I did buy all the Dale Army, which is roughly about, um, it was 50 when it started. That was all like the heroes and um, at the time. And then about a couple months ago, they released the Windlance. They released the Commander. So I had to buy all those and get those into the painting pile. But I've since completed all of them. Uh, I am at a r- roughly about 60 models right now. Yeah. Which is a little low for where I want it to be. But, you know... You know, life got in the way a little bit, but for the most part, all of them are done. I'm just finishing up the basing of them, like so. I painted them all, but I left the basing uh, till the end. So I'm really doing them right now. After the last tournament we went to, I kind of got a little bit of fire to kind of complete them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was my first army, and you're right. I do armies in twos, so yeah. I always do the brother and sister of them because you know I think when I first got into it, the first tournament that I wanted to go to. I think was one that you guys had maybe at mini wargaming where yeah. you had to bring two armies and at that time i had only built one army so i really liked that idea and we haven't had one of those tournaments obviously COVID in the way but mm-hmm. we haven't had one of those tournaments so i've always now wanted to make sure i always have the brother and the sister armies <laughs> all the time so on my painting table now is about I'm going to say about 75 Easterling models. Um, So I've got about 40, 50 troops. I've got about um, 12 Black Dragon. Uh, I've got the Emperor. I've got all the new characters. I got those Dragon Occultists, and the best part about it is there was a piece missing, so I sent it for a replacement piece, and they sent me a whole new, uh, two new packets. So I got 12 of those. So I have a large Easter in the Army. So I just started to put the base code on the first six models, I do all of my armies in uh, waves of six, so I don't get burnout. Um, That's a good so do idea. Yeah. A, yeah, I do six at a time. I get a, I get a color scheme I like, and I stick with that color scheme all the way through. And then every 12 <laughs> to 18 models, I'll pepper in a character. I, I take my hat
0: stuff. off to you. It's like such an organized, disciplined way about approaching the hobby, just completely not what i do i don't know i think i just buy far too many models in in order to to stick to some kind of plan like what you do um i also got those dale models as well because i already had a dale army uh, pretty much you know just the plastics um i think i had like a couple of captains and um what's the main character's name the guy that kills smog uh,
1: uh it is uh barb barb
0: Oh, I was th- no. It was the the one. Um, was it Giriion or?
1: Oh uh, yeah. Uh, oh my god.
0: Yeah, sorry. Bard was Girion. obviously Bard's, Bard's the one the that who kills Smog, Smog, so not him. But the
1: one who you mean the one who put a dent in Smog's uh, yeah yeah armor. right yes yes right a, a Girion, I think it is or Gurion.
0: So I have him, and I have a captain, and I have like. I think two boxes of Dale Warriors already painted up, and I bought all the new stuff as well, but not the not the uh, And I have that stuff all assembled and primed, ready to paint.
1: Yeah, I mean the new models are again, they look awesome. Um, the detail on them is is superb. They're a little off in scale a little bit though. That was the one yeah. thing I noticed. Like if you put it against the plastic Warriors, uh-huh. they kind of look a little beefier. Not it's not oh, so. Yeah off in scale but it's a little beefier well they're the uh, knights
0: man they got to be bigger those are the tough guys
1: i guess so but it's 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 that's the one thing i noticed was the scale was slightly off but i guess you know if you're sculpting some detail like that maybe they just needed to be bigger so (laughs) so but anyways i mean i'm glad that's off my plate in terms of the painting of it the dale actually took me longer than i thought you know why those models have so many capes and so many little things I'm actually really excited to do the Easterlings because they're fairly yeah. simplistic in their in their armor and their and what's on their uh, on the model to paint. So, looking forward to that. And then well, I also bought extra this year too. I shouldn't have. I bought uh, somebody was selling in the club. Somebody was selling their um, not Mordor but um, Hobbits. The basically oh, Azog's uh, Legion
0: Gundabad.
1: Yeah, the Gundabad. So it's, it has the mercenary orcs. It had. A troll, a brute, bat. I
0: guess it's Azog's Um, Legion or whatever, right? Yeah,
1: basically. And I bought, like I think it's about, I'm going to say about 100 models I bought off somebody. Yeah. I have to still paint all those. So if you're looking at ratio of bot, I'm probably in the same boat as where you are. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. So.
0: Right on. Right on. Yeah. um, To me, it's right now, because our league season just ended... Um, I'm kind of in the in the position where I'm looking at all of the different projects that I have. You know, like Dale is one where I bought those models and primed them, but there's like probably seven other projects um, and trying to figure out like which one of them do, do I want to do. Um, a few episodes ago, we had a listener question um, where we uh, talked about, or it was mostly me, I think I talked about um doing a micro warband style list but for um like azog's hunters uh and uh was it denizens and that 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 kind of the the murkwood denizens with yeah like hunters and the bats hunters uh, azog's hunters azog's legion and denizens and so came up with like a sort of a micro warband sort of thing for that and I've since collected all of those models that I need, except the spiders. That's the only thing I have left that, that I don't own. So I think maybe this year I, I, I might decide to do that army. Um, we'll see. If
1: you're doing spiders, I, I think I won some at the last tournament. So in a random draw of some sort. Oh, really? If you want them, you can have them. Because I don't I don't think I'm going to do a spider army, but... Um, the, All three, right, let's talk. Three, let's talk. They're three. They're three D printed though, but they're better. Like, yeah. I mean, the game. If I have to get picked again in the ranking of bad models in the Games Workshop range of Lord of the Rings, yeah. I put the spiders in the top five. Like, I think just the third party spiders are just so much better. So, much I,
0: better. I honestly, yeah, I I have to agree. And you know, like originally, especially like the giant spider. Like originally, mm-hmm. I, I I quite liked the giant spider as a model. Um, but over the last couple of years you see the other models that are out even plastics by some other companies um and now all the 3d stuff coming out yeah they're 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 in need of being replaced for sure i would say yeah Yeah. i think they're
1: giving up on it because the the third parties kind of make this space and i don't the only thing i would think they would maybe redo is maybe shelob like a character I don't see them yeah. redoing the spiders. Let,
0: let's not go on about third party because Andrew and I have actually recorded a bit of conversation and we go on and on about it. And it's just like <laughs> it, it, it starts to become a tired topic because it's just, you know what, there's nothing much you can do about it. It's just it is what no. it is. Either buy it or don't buy it. You know, it's, it's up to you. Yeah, so I'm, we're already getting ready for, for our next tournament, which is like about a month away. Um, and as part of that, it's a two day or we're going to we actually have two tournaments a singles on day one and a doubles on on the second day. And Garrett and I are teaming up for the doubles. So I already have the project um, of building a display board for for that one. So I have a month to build the full display board for our army for uh, is it December? No, it's August, uh, August. 20th. Twenty and yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, you know what? I'm 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 really upset about that because that's one of my one of the tournaments I, I like to attend all the time. Yeah, I think Derek is the one that runs it. Yeah, um, fantastically run tournament. I like it. Always a good attended tournament. But unfortunately I got to take my daughter to camp not unfortunately like I want to take my daughter to camp but yeah. you know it's one of those things where just the timing didn't work out and so Yeah that's I would too bad. Be unable to go but I'm I'm going to root for you but do you know what you're taking like what are you guys going to take as a Oh boss? I
0: know what we're taking but that's top secret man. We can't oh, we can't okay, we can't go there or not I see. We're not taking the lid off that box here. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> um speaking of tournaments though like why don't we uh why don't we move into the next segment and we'll talk about the tournament that we were just at
1: awesome Listen, um, the recent tournament we just went to was the end of our league tournament. So I would say it was a grand tournament or uh, end of end of league tournament Yeah. Um, yeah. to end all tournaments. Um, and again, it was probably the first one coming out of the latest sort of COVID lockdown sort of perspective. We had a whole bunch of uh, tournaments over the last, what? two years peppered in yeah. so it's basically from 2020 all the way to 2022 and and this was yeah sort we of the started it, it was
0: kind of we, we ended up we ended up dubbing this season the unprecedented season because it was because unprecedented was it was like the catchword like you hear it all through right. covid right? right and uh we i think we had we started our season in 2020 In February and we had quite a big tournament and then a smaller tournament in March like the weekend before everything shut down and then you know there was a few times where you know there was sort of hesitant openings from from lockdowns and then lockdown again and then sort of another little opening from lockdown lockdown again so and kind of each time it seemed like we had snuck in like a tournament or two so i don't even know how many tournaments we actually ended up having for for this season but it must have been i'm gonna say 10 maybe
1: i would say max 10 probably yeah in the the yeah and
0: and we did end up like like This one we had this month, and then we didn't have one in June, and we had one the month before and the one month before that. So we did have three since the lockdown, and they were all small. They were all like 20 or lower, right? Correct. People, people, yeah. So, yeah, this was kind of our GT, and so we decided to call this one. What happened here, too, was um, it ended up that kind of a little bit late in the game, um the the people that were going to like do the bulk of the organizing of the event had some life issues come up and they weren't able to do it and so it fell on like the admin to of our group to to put it together and so there were kind of three of us that sort of jumped on it and it was like derek offered to to it on the day and of course he's running the big event in in august so he's already got a lot on his plate getting ready for that um but great he offered to do it on the day which was good so it meant that like the the rest of us could play um ben who's in our admin as well he was looking after um designing and printing our 3d trophies more about that later and so it fell to me to <laughs> find a venue, like secure a venue, um, and then deal with all of the, you know, trying to get people to come out and pay and collect money and refund right. money and do all that. So it just killed my last month for, for hobby, just because right now like there's very little free time. <laughs> Uh, due to work and such, and like th- that's one of the reasons why there just hasn't been a podcast for a while. Just because, like, all my time that I had free was was devoted to to that primarily.
1: And, and listen, I, I think yourself, Derek, Ben. I mean, you guys are the unsung heroes of the league, in my opinion. Like, to do all that effort to create opportunities for us to get together as a team and play mm-hmm. is significantly meaningful, at least to me. Um, listen, I used to run tournaments, a lot of tournaments back on the old Warhammer days. They're a lot of work. There's they no are, way yeah. around it. They are a yeah. lot of work. Um, and it's people like yourself and, and Ben and Derek and there's many others that have helped out too yeah. um, to put those things together. It's it's, you know, um, I can't thank those people enough and it was a great it was a great tournament. I had a, I had, a I had a wonderful time. It was great to kind of see everybody kind of get ourselves back in the car it's dawn yeah. and garrett and chris driving around the world and um you yeah, know i think it was a fun time so yeah
0: it's always a blast i love i love the car rides like to and from the tournaments and, and and all the banter um i forget if i if i mentioned it but anyway we decided to call the tournament the end of an age So because it was kind of like the unprecedented season, it was like, you know, spanned over a few years or whatever. Um, And and just just to say that like the tournament was a 700 point tournament, uh, only one. Well, no, no Tom Bombadil, but uh, also a minimum of four models. So you had to have at least four models in your tournament. So therefore, no smog either. Um, That was that was kind of the, the stipulations.
1: I like how that's a, the four model is just to say no smog. <laughs> right? It isn't
0: actually just for no smog. It's so that your it's so that your army can, um, be 25 percented.
1: Correct. Right. Exactly. Because like,
0: Amazing. that's the, that's the end condition of several missions. So if you have a three model army, um, you can, you, you will never be 25%. So, you know, games could just go to time, like correct all correct. the time. But anyway, so, uh, so, let's let's talk about what we took and we'll sure. we'll get into our, our highlights and games and stuff.
1: Perfect. Well, so as you know, uh, for this season, uh, I built two armies. So when I say season, the last year and a half or whatever, uh, I built two armies. Uh, I built a Lake Town Army and I built a Hunters of Lake Town Army, mm-hmm. uh, the brother and the sisters. Uh, so this time at this tournament, so throughout this year, I've been kind of peppering them back and forth. Um, but I decided for this tournament, given that my experience with the Hunter Orcs was a bit better, I took a shot at bringing the Hunter Orcs. So the army that I had was basically Bolg, Fimble, and uh, Nazog, I think is it, Narzog, mm-hmm. and then uh, a bunch of Hunter Orcs. So it's an all Hunter Orc army, a uh, bunch on wargs, and then um, I, I believe it's eight, eight on wargs, and then the rest are on foot. Yeah, um, and then fifty percent bows, obviously, because yeah, that's the special rule. But that's what I brought to the army. Yeah, uh, and again on my um, board that I customize uh, designed on Lake Town.
0: Beautiful display base, yeah, of um, Lake Town. Yeah, so you have like some Lake Town houses on there, and and the the docks and all that on on sort of a water surface. Correct. Um, really nice display board. Really well done, Chris.
1: Yeah, I was happy with it, and it took a while to do, but it's it's purposeful now. Like I can use it for both armies. All of my guys yeah, also awesome. are on custom bases. Yeah, uh, they're all dock custom bases. So it was a it was a work of art. But now it's going to retire because I got to bring my next <laughs> army out, and I'll tell you the reason why a bit later.
0: You're g- you're gonna have to find a, a an honorable spot for it somewhere on on a shelf. That's right. In your in your house. Yeah, so for myself, I ended up um, just just let me set this up a little bit, just because I, I, like I tend to just go on and on, but I, I will anyways. Um, my typical thing, because like historically, I go to almost every event that our our group runs. I've I've only missed like less than the fingers of one hand in in five seasons or whatever it's been, and uh, so the way it goes is like. I usually am at the top of the league or near the top of the league for at least the first half of the season. And the reason is because we only count your top four scores. So I'm usually the first person to get four scores because I go to like almost every event because I have no life, right? (laughs) um so so i i have that but then as the as the good competitive players actually start to accumulate like tournament wins and stuff because i don't win i've never won a tournament ever never come first. that's true
1: but you're i would say though even you saying you didn't win a tournament i would say you're often in the top five if not top 10 i have never seen you very rarely have i seen you where i sit in the tournaments, <laughs> which is, yeah, I'm,
0: u- I'm usually got one foot on the podium or sniffing around the podium Correct. somewhere, somewhere, yeah. But, but yeah, never won a tournament other than that one doubles 80 point event with Drew as my partner, but I don't really count that. Um, so, anyways, this year was no exception. I was in first place, but unlike other years, like going into the final event, I was still in first place, but completely convinced I wasn't going to win the league because there was a couple other people close behind me. So I was like, "Yeah, was like you know, I'll, I'll finish, you know, whatever, and they'll finish first and they'll they'll win." So I felt pressure to take a competitive league for or competitive army for the last couple of tournaments and i hate that i absolutely can't stand that because it's like that means i can't take what i want to take like i want to take something stupid or silly or fun or whatever and i'm like and drew is on me like oh you got to take some competitive you blah, blah blah, right and and this time i'm like look okay i'm gonna take a reasonably competitive list but You know, I've gone on on the podcast quite a bit about how I I love Balin. I love Kazadum. It's one of my two favorite armies. It's the one that I play the most. And in spite of the fact that like Balin is considered to be slightly overcosted, he's my favorite character in the game. It's my favorite army in the game. I made a nice display board for the army. You know what? I'm gonna live or die with Balin at this event. And so I'm like, I'm taking Kazadum. Um, and I'm taking uh, Balan. So it's the Kingdom of Moria, actually, because it's Balan. So that that's right. the army I took at, at 700. And as far as characters go, um, I also had uh, the King's Champion, which I rarely play with. Uh, there's my competitive part, right? <laughs> um, and I took a Dwarf King. And I also took the Shield Bearer, because uh, I like, rarely ever used that, but really wanted to try it. And then in addition to that, I had like three Kazad guard, four iron guard, nine dwarves with shields, one dwarf with a bow, uh, nine rangers with bow, and four rangers with throwing axes. And all my rangers with bows also have throwing axes. Um, so it was kind of a mixed bag of stuff. I think the only thing I didn't have in there was a vault warden. Um, but anyway, it was... it was I, I sort of... Plan my list so that it would fit on my display board because my display board <laughs> was actually made originally for a battle company. So like you get up to that's 36 models I think it barely fits on my display board. Like just we like I put a picture of each of our three armies up on our uh, Facebook page so you can you can go there North of the Shire Facebook page and you can see and and you can see my army and there's just like very little ground space left. I could maybe have fit on like maybe three or four more models and that would have been it.
1: Yeah, I mean mine was the same. Like because it's um I had all the dismounts on the board too. So when you have all the dismounts on the board too it like fills all the dock space up. So yeah. most of us had pretty jam packed display boards. But yeah, yeah. again, your display board was a beautiful display board. In fact it is inspired me uh, for uh, my next display board. Which oh, be, nice! I've been sending you notes on. Hey, I need to get that 3D printed because. Oh have yeah, yeah, I got to get um, that. But um, but it was a beautiful display board. But I, in terms of the dwarves, or even bowing the army is. It, it, I would say it's it's a tough army to play to to play against. Right? Yeah. You have you have the defense. What it doesn't get you though is twelve wins. That's no. the problem with it, right? No. It will win if you if you know how to play that army it will win but you're winning by one two points you know it's it's that type of army and what's saving you is nobody can kill you right yeah i felt like you and garrett brought two armies that nobody can kill yeah it's it's
0: (laughs) it's got like a solid strength the army has a very good strength but it's a boring strength and that is high defense it's like yay high defense
1: Yeah. But it works. But it yeah, works. Yeah, it works.
0: It's and it. I, I really enjoy it. But um, let's get into our games. But before we do that, I'm just going to say that, like in this event, we decided, and this was kind of uh, coming out of COVID sort of cautionary. Um, move designed to maybe make feel a little, people feel a little bit more comfortable. And that was that we pre-selected the missions for the tournament. And we did that on purpose. We picked four different missions, each one from a different pool. So it was still legit that way um, in, in terms of like giving advantages to certain armies or not. Um, but what we wanted to do was we wanted to eliminate any missions that would cause people to sort of walk around the table, i.e. Yeah, mael- okay. maelstrom type missions, that sort of thing. Um, just to keep people, like you stay on your side, I'll stay on my side. Um, just hoping that that might make some people that might be a little hesitant to come, to, to get them to come. So the, the missions we picked were capture and control uh, to the death, destroy the supplies, and Fog of War. And I think they were really good selections because I, I really enjoyed all of them. But
1: uh, I, I thought they were a great selection, number one. I, I, there was one I hadn't played before. I think it was Not Capturing Control, Fog of War, I played... What was the, was uh, the third one? I
0: think. Uh, Destroy the Supplies. By that the. one. Yeah. I
1: had never played Destroy the Supplies. Yeah, yeah. And I think your theory on not walking to the other side of the table worked because... I don't think I ever. Now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, I don't think I ever was on the other side of the table. I was yeah. always on my side of the table. So, so, so it was balanced, and I got a new mission for me. And I thought it actually, as much as I um, we will talk about our records, as much as I'd like to have more wins on the table, there, yeah, I had much closer games than I thought, and I think well, it's that's because good. They yeah. were balanced. A bit as long more. as they're
0: close, you know what? Like to me, yeah. as long as they're close, like you know, everyone likes to win, but it, it getting blown out sucks. Uh, but if you lose a close game, you know you still had fun. You know you didn't get killed. It's you held your own. Whatever. It's all good. Yeah. So in the end, we I actually we actually had 22 people sign up. We got to 20. We had room for 40, actually, but we're, there just wasn't time. And, like, everybody in the league is signed up for the next event as well, so that would mean, like, we're asking them to come two months in a row to a huge event. Right. Um, but we, I, I pushed until we got 22 because inevitably you get a few people drop. And sure enough, we had four people drop, so we ended up playing with 18. We had a ringer there just in case we... We had an odd number, and and another of the Satnicks, um, Derek, who to well, his, one of his sons, uh, Brandel. He he was uh, going to be the ringer. Um, didn't have to play, so uh, we had eighteen in the end, which is is good, good number.
1: I mean, that's a good amount to be honest. If if you're averaging eighteen to thirty people, I mean, that's a good tournament. Yep. Right, in most yep. cases.
0: So let's go through our games quickly and our opponents and their armies. Uh, Let's not get into, like, too nitty-gritty. Like, otherwise it takes forever. Um, You go first. Who was your first opponent?
1: So my first opponent was Sam, and he was playing uh, Celeborn uh, and elves. uh, Celeborn and Haldir and... um, I forget the other one. Orphandil is is the other guy. Okay, yeah. Um, And so... Um, had about six knights and then the rest was basically uh, the guard and the and just the regular elves with mm-hmm. shields. Um, so I was able to squeak out a win. I won by one point. This was um, capture and control. This was capture and control. I, I was able to keep control of the board and that's why I won. I squeaked out because I controlled three of the five objectives and yeah. really it came down to my war riders. So my war riders ran into his knights, um, and I was able to kill one or two really early, mm-hmm. and then pretty much I I wiped out his his mobility um, units. Once yeah. they were gone, I was able to kind of control, and then the rest of his elves he kept in the center for the most part. Um, but it was a lot of back and forth. It was one of my favorite games. It was mm-hmm. like one turn I wiped out a whole bunch of his elves. He was like, oh my god, it's over. Next turn, I think he wiped out, like, eight or ten of my uh, orcs, and it swung the other way, and it was like, oh, it's over for me. Uh, But in the end, it was a real close one. Um, I learned from my last time, so this is my second time playing the Hunter Orcs, uh, there's a downside when you're going for, like, craftsman awards or painted awards, and that is... I'm constantly switching armies right because people get bored of seeing the same yeah painted army so that's one of the downsides and we can talk about that a little bit when we talk about the leagues but sure so my second time playing the first time I was not aggressive with bulk um, I was kind of timid with him and uh, mm-hmm. worried that he's gonna die too fast so I thought you know what that didn't work for me in the last tournament so I'm gonna be super hyper aggressive with bulk so I like raced him out in front charged him into the lines yeah uh, so he died um and he but but in his death he took a bunch out with them yeah um and i think that was a little bit of a difference for me i now got to kind of maybe pull it back a bit and balance it right. but i was happy with the, the the first game and sam was a great opponent um it was it was really really interesting
0: good stuff yeah sam's a really good guy i really like him and he had a really nice army as well uh i didn't actually get to play him um, my first game, uh, again, capturing and control was against a young guy named Preston. And he had, um, what was it now? Haradrum, I guess, and Mohud. Okay. Um, so an army that I have very little experience playing against. Um, and I, I, I'm i drawing a blank right now on the name of the, the heroes I hear them talked about on other podcasts all the time. One of them was like a the Chief on Camel and is it Suladan? I think it's Sul- right. Suladan on Horse. Uh, he had a Taskmaster. He had probably half a dozen of the Half Trolls. He had a bunch of uh, Haradrum uh, guys on foot with Spears and some like mounted quite a few mounted models um, I lost the game and I knew I was I had made a mistake like first turn wasn't even over and I'm like yeah I deployed wrong I've lost um, and that was because he deployed right up front which right. you should do in this mission because three of the objectives are right along the dividing line between the two players Correct. deployment zone right Um and i thought well he's got a lot of squishies in the army so i have a lot of bows i want to take advantage of of my my shooting for a turn or two and take out some of his horses and his pajama guys right so i i set back probably you know 11 inches or or whatever and once we got our armies down and we started moving around i'm like i made a mistake rookie mistake Um, we both have big armies like I had 36 I think he was in around the same number maybe slightly higher than mine and definitely has experience but not a lot of experience and we both said at the beginning he said like, I'm really intimidated by your army. Like how do I attack this like solid line of dwarves? And I'm like, I'm really intimidated by your army. It's all like cavalry and half trolls and, and stuff. Yeah. And so there was a little hesitancy at first. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna get onto the objectives. It's not gonna happen. Um, so that's kind of ended up what happened. You know, we had a good game. We fought um, no major deaths of heroes or anything. Um, and he ended up with like a 6-3 win or 6-2 win. Um, I think I contested one of his objectives and I had one and he had the other three, I guess. Correct. Um, so it was kind of like I put my models on the table, he put his on, and I'm like, what did I just do? I just lost the game basically <laughs> right there.
1: Yeah, on that one, you really got to go up front if you can yeah. Um, because or have a very fast army that can get there fast absolutely Um, yeah i think that that if you didn't do that you do put you you have to rely on breaking their line and if you don't break their line it's going to be tough to take control of those objectives
0: but i mean in in the end like we had a fun game he was a really good guy um and you know balan didn't die in spite of his two wounds and one fate he did fine um, so I was happy with the way my army performed. It was just the general screwed up, i.e. me. Yeah.
1: And it was funny because at the end of the first game, I think we all met up with each other. Yeah. And I think Garrett also lost his first game. And I said to them, you know, you guys were fighting for podium positions. And I was like, this is not how it's supposed to start. <laughs> I, I, I get the win and the two of you got the losses. But uh, that which soon changed uh, through the second game. Okay, so for my second match, I played a guy named Tony or Anthony. I can't remember. This is 100%. also to the death. To the death. Yeah, we we played to the death. Um, the army I played against was a Watcher in the Water, um, Suladan, but on foot, not on horse. Okay. With some um, with a bunch of uh, goblins, prowlers, and some bat swarms. So it's kind of like a hodgepodge of Moria. Yeah. With an ally in of, of Um, um yeah. So um, I I thought I had this game okay. Um, so the reality in the end is I did end up losing by, I believe, one or two points. Uh, and it came down to uh, I was able to break him. He was able to break me. Obviously, you know, I'm hunter orcs, so um, you you get broken pretty easily. But I was able to 25% him but he was able to kill my leader so what ended up happening when he set up he basically put Suladan and surrounded him with um, goblins and bat swarms so I could never get at Suladan. like I tried my best to like break his lines I had him fully surrounded mm-hmm. um, he popped his watcher in the water very close at the beginning of the game his watcher um, killed a bunch of my guys as as he was, um, pulling them into to him. He ended up pulling Bolg in, um, but failed to wound him like for two rounds, which was insane because he was trapped. Wow. He had him there. So I lucked out a little bit there, but in the end, Bolt eventually um, um, died. But once I broke him, the first thing that happens is he rolls for his Watcher, and the Watcher in the water runs <laughs> away, right? The downside to a lot of those Mori, like the dragons and the, yeah. and the things is as soon as you break the army. So my focus was kill as many goblins as I can to get to break because I had a good chance that that Watcher would run away, which is basically the only thing that was really hurting me. Mm -hmm. But in the end, I just couldn't get to So and he counts as a banner and the leader. So that is what kind of was my downfall. But but it was a good game. Um, You know, I think that bat swarms with the Watcher is what really helps out because it cuts your fight value in half and, and I learned to, I played a lot of bat swarms this time I played two armies with bat swarms man those things are annoying sometimes right? Yeah. but it, it's not it's not that um, the fight value reduction it's to try to kill them it's the four you need four wounds to kill them yeah. like that that makes it real tough to
0: yeah. get rid of them well it's it's like i i use Crabane in, in isengard now and that's one of theirs they're they're a little bit tanky because of the four wounds and you know even though they're terrible in a fight you can still win a fight um yeah you know which obviously holds your opponent up for a turn but even if they win they may not kill you in one round may take them a few rounds and with the bat swarm they're also lowering the the guy's fight in half so you know, you throw in a couple extra models, and it's pretty easy to win the fight. Yeah, ironically, so one win, one loss. Yeah, ironically, I also played Moria, so oh. here I am with uh, the kingdom of Moria, Balin, and I played against um, Andrew Yi, A.K.A. Captain Barbosa, and he had the Balrog. And Ooh. a whole bunch of goblins. No other named heroes. Um, they, I think he had two captains. He he had a drum. No other, you know, warg marauders, bats. None of that. Trolls. Nothing. It was like was all it the legendary. I don't think Legion? it was the Legendary oh, okay. Legion, actually. Uh, although, honestly, I'm I'm not sure. I can't remember. Okay. Um, but anyways, at the beginning, it was like, oh, I'm really sorry. This is like a really terrible draw for you. And I'm like, yeah, tell me about it. Because mm-hmm. in order to actually, like in this battle, like you're going to try to break the opponent because I think, is it worth five victory points? Yeah, if you break yes. the opponent and you're not broken, it's worth five. It's like the big chunk of the... Um, and you don't get, or, or his army does not count as broken unless the Balrog has taken five wounds. So, hmm. like, it's really hard for me to to get victory points in the game. Right. Um, so, there's no avoiding the Balrog in this, basically. No. So, I set up, um, I put my king on one flank where his... Where his drum was at the back, and I thought this king and a bunch of his guys will just try to break through and go and kill the drum. Never happened, of course, but right. you know they just fought and killed goblins, whatever they contributed. Um, but in the center, I put all of the other guys: king's champion, ballin, shield bearer, and you know like quite a few of my better troops. And on my right flank, I just had some guys to deal with goblins. And essentially it came down to the Balrog fight. Like I actually did kill enough models by the end of the game to break him. But of course it would all depend on the Balrog. So the Balrog action kind of went something like this. Started out, he whipped one of my guys. Um, yeah, I, I forget exactly what happened honestly. But he he attacked one of my guys. Just like the front of my line warriors killed him, barged into the king's champion and fought one on one with the king's champion. Didn't kill the king's champion. He won wow. the combat. Didn't kill the king's champion. Okay. Now, did he just what like like? He did. I think he did two wounds. I think he did two okay. wounds. Because I, I think he chose to rend, and he ended up doing two wounds, and I saved one of them. Uh, with fate and i think i just took a wound or something like that um but after that it was okay everybody into the balrog and he had goblins on either side so i couldn't trap him and so yay shield bearer everybody passed because with the reroll for the shield bearer it's you know courage four you're looking pretty good so all my heroes in um i struck with both balan and the king's champion to make sure i would get to 10 did he won the roll off Oh! did a whole bunch of damage to balan didn't kill him did set him on fire though right okay so two might down balan is on one wound no fate and on fire (laughs) (laughs) okay second or sorry now this is the third round of combat against the balrog everybody into the balrog um except the shield bearer who i put in against a goblin on the flank um got the free heroic combat with the shield bearer killed the goblin got in behind the balrog with the shield bearer trapping the balrog same thing two strikes Last point of might on the king's champion, second point of might on Balan. Two strikes. I got to 10. He won the roll off. Ugh. Killed Balan. Boom. Dead. And I'm like, my army was grieving at that point. <laughs> Next turn, avenge Balan. Everybody into the Balrog. Everybody makes it in. By now, the goblins surrounding the Balrog were all dead. My guys had killed them all, and we surrounded the Balrog with everything. I had no strike. We rolled. He didn't get a six. I rolled. I got the six. So I I won the combat. And, you know, I had declared piercing strikes and whatnot. I rolled all of my dice, four wounds. I need five, right? four wounds but four of them were one also had four ones i rolled the four ones because it's the the army rule one more wound so i did five wounds on the balrog there that proved to actually be the last turn i think and so i was able to claim the break on his army and of course i wounded him uh and ended up winning the game um what was it now i think it was seven to four Something like now, did that. Did you
1: did you break as well or no? No, he was, you weren't broken. Okay. No.
0: So yeah, that was like that was a tough game because we mm-hmm. both thought it was like more than an uphill battle for me to try to win that game, and he was almost like apologetic at at the beginning, which I appreciated because yeah, it was a crappy draw for me. Um, but yeah, we pulled it out. We you know that was. You know, Balin went down, but you know we avenged him. And like his anybody, heart... anybody can die to a Balrog. So you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, his heart must sunk when he saw those four sixes. Oh yeah, <laughs> he must yeah. have been like, oh, yeah. and then and then you had to reroll the ones, and you see another six. Like <laughs> yeah. I remember on the car ride home. You'd said, oh, I put five wounds on the Balrog. I was like, what did you do? I was like, oh my God. Like, how did you do that? And you walked through the whole story. We hit him with axes. That's
0: how we did it. That's
1: that's exactly (laughs) so. So at that point, you now are one and one. One and one. And I was one and one.
0: Yeah. Right on. So
1: so then I think for my third army, I played the guy who was in, I believe, second place in the league and fighting for a league trophy, which was Steve Steve. Stokes. Steve, yeah. And uh, he was playing, I believe it's like, I don't want to say it's the Mirkwood Denison Army uh, Legendary Legendary Legion, it was not. It was uh, spiders and bats and a bunch of goblins and prowlers, Um, and then he had the two shamans, the one that causes like the enrage in the the bats and in in the um, spiders. And then on his other flank, he had the new orc character with a bunch of orcs with a banner
0: okay so side. it's the new legendary legion in the new book um I yeah, for, I i've forgotten the guy's was, name
1: yeah i don't know if it was the actual legendary legion though oh, i don't no? think he was actually playing. oh maybe legendary he was just legion. playing
0: with that character because yeah you don't yeah, have he was to just play playing with that character yeah, and he yeah. was just
1: playing that the, that army because i asked him is this the legendary legion he's like not not really it's pretty much all the models what's his name playing, razgush is it razgush i think I it think, was, yeah. yeah and i should say we were playing destroy the supplies which is uh, one that I never did, so that's the one with three tokens on their side of the board, three tokens on our side of yeah, the board. Yeah, it's basically 12 inches there. on,
0: you have three Correct. tokens in a line, those are your supplies, Correct. same thing on the other side of the table.
1: And, and you have to get there and you have to then uh, destroy, the, be on there by yourself, not contested, and then destroy the thing at the end of the turn. So um, so basically how he did is he lined up all his goblins and his bat swarms and his... And his Spiders on on the my left side yeah. of the board, um, and um, he had all his, his like um, shamans shamans in the back, and then on the right side of the board was Ragush and some orcs and a banner. So essentially, I put my um, uh, war riders in the center. Mm-hmm. I put um, uh, bul- Bulg to face up against all the spiders and all the all the bats. And then the rest of them were on the other side, um, in between, uh, on the right side. Uh, early on, I realized, you know what? I've got to go after his line. It was all goblins, so I had uh, fight for the most part. That's very rare that I get the fight value uh, piece. So yeah. I went rushing in. Um, my wargs rushed in. I rushed in on the on the right side against Ragush. Um and so. It was a, a, a big battle. Um, I was able to wipe out a ton of goblins. I essentially wiped out his entire right side flank. So Ragush and all those orcs are, are, were all dead. But then Fury and um, the Furious Rage was on the bats and on the spiders. Yeah. He managed to trap Bolg and just wipe him out in one turn. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't do nothing about it. And then once Bolt was gone, it was slowly... Um, slowly, I just started to lose guys to it. Yeah. Um, but I was still hanging on because I was able to clear that right side. I was able to burn the two um, supplies on the one side. Mm-hmm. So I had that burn. But through that game, he had some work riders as well um, that he kind of snuck in behind, and I had to run some guys back to chase them. Um, and I was able to... Um, chase him off of one, but then there was, at the end of the game, he had a guy on it, I had a guy on it, I had to kill him, and if I didn't kill him, he was going to burn that one. Yeah. And essentially what that meant was, if I had killed him, we would have tied. It would have been a tie game. Mm -hmm. But because I didn't kill him, I lost by two. Because I couldn't get to his leader, again, there's just too many guys I had to go through, and the bat swarms and the spiders just... um, took Took too much to try to get rid of and again that's when i learned about the bat swarms like he had two bat swarms you're right like you can put wounds on them very easy but yeah. it almost takes you like four turns to get rid of it right because yeah. you, you need a lot of attacks going into them and you often only have one guy tied in with them uh, because you're trying to tag up all of the moria goblins so it was a good was- match but again i squad. i lost by two
0: it's so one of the things about this game um, it probably is a lot of other games are the same but any model with more than one wound in this game is is really good and the reason why is because if you think about heroes, So they come with fate, but effectively a fate gives you a 50-50 chance to not take the wound. So it's kind of looked on as like half a wound. But if you have a model with two wounds and it takes a wound, so it just takes a wound, but the model stays on the table and it's still at 100% other than the lost wound. Whereas if its enemy loses a combat, it it dies and is removed from the table, right? It's one of the reasons why spiders are so good because they're so fast and they have more than one wound. Right, so you know you can put them where you want them to be. If you've taken a wound, um you can put them in a more advantageous position, so you're less likely to take the second wound. um Anyway, yeah. just a he little. Rage, bit he
1: enraged those guys, and I guess when yeah. you rage it too, the next turn that is nasty. Take a, yeah, you have to take like a strength ten hit. Where, yeah, like when he went to go take the strength ten hit, one. Two He rolls a one or a two So he's like He he didn't even take the neg- So he got all the benefit And never took really Like I think he took yeah. Like one wound But he lucked out In the rolls of that too That yeah. he didn't even take The wound or the negative Of that spell So it was really <laughs> funny Because I was like I was relying on like Come on Kill the with By yourself But it yeah. never happened So But it was a great game Great opponent um, You know I think Again It came down to Again it's one of yeah. those things Where it comes down to A couple of You know, interactions and the game's different.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Uh, So, okay. So, for me, game three. Well, so game two, I had a rough draw to the death against the Balrog. Rough draw. So, this game is I'm playing dwarves, destroy the supplies. So, I got to get 24 inches across the table to destroy my opponent's supplies. And my opponent was the Riders of Theoden, all mounted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was, a, it was a guy I know from from in my area here, Cole. And so, you know, the entire game happened around my three supplies. Like, I didn't get anyone even close to the center of the table, let alone across the table. Um, it, he, he had uh, Theoden, of course, Aomer uh, mounted, and is it Darawine or...
1: durawine Durawine, yeah and
0: and that character uh and essentially like i set up in a line i anchored one my left flank against a house and i set up just behind there were a couple of like scatter train pieces which were like crates and barrels and stuff so i set up my line immediately behind those because i know they would like disrupt a cavalry charge a little and he essentially just charged right into me as soon as he could i had two turns of shooting at him and i did knock down maybe two or three guys um and he charged right into me and called uh death right off the bat right Right.
1: really and yeah
0: and i'm like wow this is like super aggressive he sent like about five guys around the house which you know wouldn't come into play for a few turns and he kind of flubbed the death Uh, call Uh, so uh, like he did kill I think Theoden killed a couple models and Darwine killed a couple models Um, but um, what's the other guy's name the really good hero Aomer um, he boshed his role and I won the fight and did I kill his horse I think I killed his horse something like that so it was terrible and second turn so i didn't really i suffered some losses there but like i did a lot of shielding and you know i have i have guys in there with like fight six so like i was winning some fights as well Uh, i didn't get crushed he had the second turn he won priority again um and you know we probably did a heroic move off he won so i took another charge didn't fold um and then after that, I was like every opportunity, I was using Balan's long beard rule. So re-roll priority, re-roll right. priority. I used it, I must have used it three times and grabbed a couple priorities from him, which essentially makes him just spend a point of might to call a, to call a heroic, um, right? But I, I thought I was in really bad shape because he was all over me and right when you're getting charged by that many cavalry like one bad turn will turn the tide right but what ended up happening was i got maybe maybe um he won like the heroic move off but i won priority so a part of his line got to charge but on the other area i went first and against Rohan when you're in melee and you go first it makes the world a difference oh, because like when they charge and like they don't get the what do they get plus 1 strength or something plus, plus
1: from, 1 plus 1 strength and then i believe the the um, the extra thing is the royal guards get like plus 1 fight too or something
0: yeah like that. so he didn't have a lot of royal guard i don't think but anyway okay. i charged into him and you know i had Uh, a fair number of throwing axes and I had high fight because these were away from Theoden and I just demolished like part of his army just by getting the charge on it. Oh really? Yeah. Well, because like I charged in, killed something with a throwing axe and then like trapped another model with three of mine and i had high fight and like i had a hero over there heroic combat into another one kill that one so like like a lot of guys dropped on his side in one turn and sort of a key battle was i could see him lining up Day of Wine or whoever it is to right. charge Balan and I let him because I had him right beside the crate so that he could only get one cavalry model into him and on the other side of the crate I had charged in just against a rider of Rohan with the shield bearer and then okay. we, we called our heroics and I'm like okay free heroic with the shield bearer killed the guy, ran around the crate and trapped daewine from the rear with the shield bear killed daewine with with Bal. but wow. Bal I was like yes right <laughs> and then his situation kind of just started to crumble and i ended up like surrounding uh like theodon uh theoden and aomer were fighting together and um you know i surrounded them and i forget if i killed them or or what happened but i think i killed theoden anyways um, and I ended up winning that game as well I think it was six to one
1: wow wow yeah yeah so that I think was that's good a, I mean that was an aggressive play he did like it was wow. yeah yeah you think for you sure would have waited a little bit to get a little bit more around well I thought about it did. I
0: thought you know maybe he's gonna stand back and shoot but it's like that is a juicy target for me to fire at like yeah. a lot of defense four horses with my strength two bows that hit on a three plus and I had Ten of them, I think. No, I had nine and one regular dwarf bow. Right. So, like, I would have like done a lot of damage, and his strength two bows would have been doing not much at all to me.
1: No, exactly. So, okay, so that was your third game. Yeah. So I'm
0: on. So Come back you... after a loss with two wins. Not bad. Yeah. And
1: I'm I'm one and two. Um, yeah. But all close games, which I'm really happy about. Yeah. So the last game, I ended up uh, being matched up with Sam again. Uh, just well, the way it yeah. we That's um, hilarious. But because we weren't really playing for top table at that point, yeah. Um, Garrett and Paul were matched up beside us, and they were gracious enough to like switch, yeah, um, so that we're playing different people. So, so I wasn't playing the same person, etc., yeah. etc. So, Garrett ended up playing Sam, and I ended up playing Paul, who brought the Bjorn's. So, uh, Gr- Grimball uh, a Bjorn and a whole bunch of Bjorns. I think he had yeah. like 14 or 12 or something like that. So, right. um, so we ended up playing that. Um, and it was the one where you have to pick a hero and you have to do a wound or kill that hero. You have to protect a hero. Fog and war. Fog war. And you have to go and get the, um, pick a train spot. Yeah. Okay. So, so of course I pick, uh, you know, I had a lot of mobility cause he didn't have a lot of models. Yeah. Um, so, picked a terrain spot, picked one of my my heroes, uh, and and of course, I could only pick Grimble, because I couldn't pick Bjorn. So, right. I had to put a wound on these bears. Okay, so, <laughs> I was really excited, because I wanted to play this army to see what it was like. Um, so, in essence, you know, um, again, I was super hyper-aggressive with Bolg again, and, you know, charged in, killed, I think, about four Bjorns, like you know, in one or two turns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really tried to ignore the bears, like send them one hunter orc mm-hmm. and then try to take out the Bjorns as much as I can. Yeah. And then my, my theory on that was kill all the Bjorns and then see what I can do with this bear. Because <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to wound this bear because it's yeah. like toughness a, it's got like a, you know, a, a feel no pain save like a five plus save. And then he's got fate on top of that. Right. Wow. so, so um, for my hero, I chose um, to protect um, Nazog, which which is kind of the shooty guy, yeah. and then uh, I, I obviously Grimble was in. I think he picked Fimble, uh, and I noticed that right away because all of his shots went to Fimble. So I was like, and he got a, he he was behind a bunch of Wargriders, and he ended up wounding Fimble, and I was like, yeah. all right, forget this. So I ran Fimble away and hit him under something because I don't really need him. Uh, and he's not going to do anything against the bear. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to give him free points. I already gave him a point for that wound. And Nazog, same thing. I just hit him on a house and basically said, I'm not going to get him killed either. So that was my strategy there and let Bolg and the rest of the army try to deal with it. Yeah. Um, essentially, I killed every one of his Bjorns. I think he had one left at the end of the game. At which point I think he said, no one's done this yet. Um, and And that was great. However, I did nothing to these bears. I'm talking <laughs> nothing. These bears are so difficult to kill. Bo was the only person that could potentially do it. But if you lost the roll-off, which yeah. I did in that sense, um, and he, that bear just destroys you. And um, that was a problem. At the end of the game, all there was left was two bears... All that was left on my army was nazog and fimble who were hiding away and then he <laughs> ran his bear into the train piece and he ended up winning i think eight to four because he got a wound on fimble yeah and he got into his train piece and i had no models left and it not in the train piece right so i didn't get any of the points to wound uh yeah. um, grimble or anything so fun game i think fog of war was a tough matchup for that one yeah because because of the fact that you have to take out that bear and i know i'd love to play it again i just don't know what i'd do differently it's just a very tough bear to kill
0: yeah i was actually hoping to play that i was talking um like having facebook messenger chat a little bit with paul uh before the event and i I mentioned it's just like I I would like to play against that army because, you know, I haven't read it and memorized it and, like, I don't know the stats of the bears and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I kind of, like, don't... I sort of deliberately don't read it and memorize it because, like, I want to be surprised in the game, you know, and find out firsthand what this stuff does.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Bjorns are... The one problem with the Bjorn's was the toughness. Four, like when I hit them, yeah. they died in droves. Right now yeah. they have two wounds, so they, they you know takes two. But I had Hunter Orcs, and Hunter Orcs already have two attacks. So it was very if I won the fight, if I won the fight, right, it was pretty much a dead Bjorn every time. And um, you know that was the that was the thing about the army. So, but he would t- he was saying in other matchups, it was hard for them to to win the the um, the fights. And again, he they fight five. I have two attacks, so there's a benefit on them. So um, I had a great time with it. Uh, He also has a beautifully painted army. Yeah, Um, I liked, you know, and again, I'm a painter too, so it was nice to have uh, two painted, like, beautiful armies against each other. So we were kind of admiring our back and forth a little bit. But uh, it was a fun game. Again, it came down to I had to take out a bear. And when when, um, I lost that one fight with uh, Bolg and he took him out, that was that was uh, my only chance. I think I, I did fight the bear a couple times, and even I think one time I did win a fight, but I did nothing. Like I did, uh, you know, it pings off the this this the fur of this bear. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's made of gold or something. So, so it was right. a loss in the end. So one win, three losses, um, about right for where I was in the tournament.
0: <laughs> but they were but, close. You were close. I was close. I did yeah. not
1: get blown out, which is nice. And again, the downside of, 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 you know, again, my my armies that I bring there is I often don't bring the same army. I, I've got to start doing that maybe a little bit more yeah. to actually play it more because then I think I'd learn more how to handle Bolg and how to position better. Yeah, if you're concerned about winning,
0: it then it's probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, by the way, we, did, we didn't mention that we were doing the major-minor win loss so i think it was if you win by three you get a major win so it was worth i think four victory points instead of three um something like that so yeah so those minor losses would have actually helped you a little bit correct um uh, funny that you got put up against sam for the second time and you ended up playing paul but i ended up getting put up against preston who was my first opponent and derek was like yeah i can't let you move like because you're both in the running to possibly uh, get on the podium. So it's like, yeah, whatever. Give me another shot at Preston, see if I can redeem myself. Um, so, you know, Chris already mentioned what the mission was, Fog of War. So I picked, um, what is the guy? Um, the guy, one of the heroes on on Camel, not oh. Sulidan, the other guy, the... Uh, is it a king? I don't know, I don't know that army The king as well. or whatever he is, I forget. Yeah. The chief, the king, the whatever. Because yeah. I knew like he's he's one of his main beat sticks, so he's definitely going to be throwing him into combat. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'll go after him. My terrain piece, I picked something like just over onto his side. There were two sort of ruined arches in the center of the table, right. one on my side, one on his side. And they were kind of on a bit of an angle. So I thought, you know, I'm going to move my army up, and I put all of my characters in the center of my army because I thought, okay, who's he going to go for? Is he going to go for one of my two heralds because they're easier to kill, or maybe the shield bearer, or what? Uh, I'm going to keep all of my heroes together, and I'm going to get in between those two arches and just fight in melee in that part of the table. Um, And what ended up happening was i i did do that i picked my king's champion to protect and i'm like yeah i'm just gonna keep him and the two heralds all in base contact for the entire game that way if he's if he's going after one of the heralds you know they're getting the defense buff if he's going after the king's champion he's getting the defense buff and can use the fate and all of that um And I just like moved them up into the middle. He attacked, you know, he had cavalry. We did a lot of skirmishing around the flanks, but it was basically head to head in the center. And he charged my line um, with his two big heroes. And he went up against two warriors with shield, was against Sulidan, and two Iron Guard were against the other guy on Camel and I'm like okay I'm probably losing all four of those models and he's looking to call a heroic combat and then jump on whatever hero is his target which they were all sort of right there behind so I moved them just off a little bit to the side and put up a couple of pylons just other warriors that would intercept him if he if he did win the combats he did kill all four of them and he did heroic combat in Um, but I was kind of letting him come because i like i wanted him to charge in on my heroes because i knew i had more than enough there to to kill him if he did and he did on the following turn he did move in and he just kind of overstretched a little bit with the camel guy who was my target and i just like surrounded him with everything and i um i elected not to call a heroic combat because i'm like I got two guys there that can call strikes or, hero, like, or heroic combats. And it's like, I'm gonna call a double strike to make sure, cause he's gonna strike against me. And it's like, I wanna win that because if I win that, he's dead. And that's what happened. I, I called double strike. Um, cause I could have called the heroic combat, killed him and then gone after Sulidan as well. But I'm like, I just wanna guarantee killing my target. Right, right. And so I called the double strike, won that, killed him, um and then kind of the rest of the game was just fighting i i I can't remember if i killed suladan or not um but there wasn't a lot else that going on there i didn't get on my objective he did get on his objective he just ran a a cavalry guy onto his objective which was a a woodland train off to the side in the back and um What else happened? I was shocked. Like, I didn't, like, again, very little experience playing against these eastern armies. And um, the camels, you know, their impact hits, you know, the odd guy died. Well, I think it was on the last turn or the second last turn. So I had been successfully, like, skirmishing with some of his guys with probably six or seven of my dwarves, most of which were rangers on one of my flanks. Right. And in one turn, he charged and killed four guys with one camel, Wow! like one after wow. the other. Charge, dead, charge, dead, charge, wow. dead, charge, dead. They were all A rangers dwarf, of, too. Yeah, oh, and like it, it ended up that when the game ended, I was one model off breaking wow one model off breaking and I, I think the game ended was it six three yeah it was six three so if he had a killed one more model he would have broke me and it would have been a tie game i believe Wow! Um, but wow. i ended up taking that game six to three and yeah, I ended ended up on uh, three wins and, and a loss. And so I think they were, were they all major wins? Because I won them all by three. Yeah, they were. Yeah. So three major. major wins and one major loss. Wow. So not bad. Awesome. Yeah, not bad. Cool. I was happy with that result. And Balan only died once. Uh, and it was to the Balrog.
1: Well, while that, that, on fire. Understandable. Yeah. Understandable. (laughs) Understandable. So
0: awesome. All right. So let's go through the winners of this tournament. And we had a few uh, prizes. One thing um, that we didn't mention when we were talking about our games, and I don't know if you won any of these things, but uh, Derek, the TO, actually every round of the tournament, he would roll up a random table. And would go to that table, and then the two players would roll off, and the winner would win a small prize. Well, funny you should mention that. I actually was at
1: the table twice, so two of those rounds, my table was picked. Yeah. The first round, I rolled off and won, mm-hmm. and I won three spiders from I think it's Red Gobo. I think of it or Red Goblin or i don't I, I don't want to butcher who it's actually from but it is called red goblin printing that's what it is
0: red goblin so Printing. Got, yes one of our sponsors correct. that's correct and
1: i got I, I i won three spiders from that so that was the first one i got and the second time i was actually playing against paul which was the bjorns yeah. uh, army we just talked about and uh, the prize was a dice tray, like a foldable dice tray. But right. I did not win the roll-off on that one. I lost the roll-off, which was yeah, quite yeah. nice, actually. You know, I didn't want to win two of the, <clears throat> the prizes. I probably would have ended up uh, giving him that one anyways because I won one earlier.
0: Right. I was also at the table twice uh, for roll-offs and lost oh. both times. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but we did have, like, other prizes were, were given away. Um, we had some stuff there from R.M. Printable Terrain, Mark Chabot. Um, and actually, he brought in terrain for several tables, which was awesome, really helped out. Um, so that was another thing that I had tried to, tried to arrange earlier, is to, to get people committed to bring in tables of terrain. So I think he brought in three tables. So it was like, oh, my goodness, that's such a big help.
1: Well, I think, I mean, big help, but also, like, I think it was, a lot of people were, I, I think, connecting with him, saying, okay, well, I'm going to be ordering some train from you. Yeah. Um, so, I think it was a good way to to push his train, because he's got beautiful train. He and, does, yeah.
0: Yeah. Know, I Actually, think I, I, brought a, I brought a table as well, and it was a um, dwarven table, and right. probably 90% of the train on there is from uh, one of his Kickstarters. Oh, uh, was it? Okay. Yeah. So... Really love that stuff. Um, another one of our sponsors we had there was uh, Mtm Printworks, uh, one of my favorites to order 3D printed models from in uh, BC in Vancouver, I think. Um, so he had donated uh, three small prizes to us as well. So that was awesome to just give away kind of little door prize type type things, which was which was a lot of fun. It's always a bonus, always a bonus at these tournaments <laughs> yeah, if you absolutely. ever get sponsors
1: like that and makes the tournament everybody gets to win something usually and that's we could talk about that in league play i think one of our leagues they always try to make sure that everybody walks away with something small and it's and it's fair and balanced so
0: so uh, this tournament had uh essentially five prizes so we had first second and third which is like kind of best general and then we also had best sportsman as voted by the players and also uh best painted army um, so we'll go for best sportsman first so that was won by Mike Shock. Um, yeah, we, I mean I, listen, I'm jealous of the best sportsman it's always
1: a good one to do because honestly it's based on other people yeah. and how you play get it It often is someone usually middle or bottom of the pack sometimes but every so often you get someone near the top that gets the, the sportsman so
0: absolutely good and price. Um, we had uh, best army was won by this guy Chris Masella for his head I did, Hunter I did win army.
1: Uh, the best painted uh army or best yeah. presentation, I don't know what it was called, but uh, really thankful. It was a tough competition. Yeah. Uh, Paul, I think, was second place, uh, with his Bjorns, and and uh, and Mike you know, was also there
0: were two honorable mentions, Paul okay. for his Bjorn and uh, Mike Shock for his uh, Dwarf army.
1: Yeah, but I was happy to take it. It was a, a nice a nice um, prize to walk away with. I think yeah. I walked away with, I think, a prize, some more Easterlings for my Easterling army, so oh, I was happy.
0: Yeah, nice. Very nice. Um, in third place, let's start with fourth place, actually, because that was me. Let me get in there. I wasn't on the podium, <laughs> but I was just on the floor reaching up with my one hand on the podium. Just there, another three and one finish for you, yeah, and not just, on the podium, yeah, yeah, <laughs> me just off the podium in fourth. uh But in third was Joseph Hanlon, and uh, he he had Elves, I believe it was Rivendell, correct, right? And I don't know his record. And then in second was Noah Ule, and he had Rohan. Uh, it was an all. I think it was all foot, and it was mostly uh, Royal Guard with throwing spears. So possibly um, defenders of Helm's Deep, possibly. I don't think so because I think he had Helm Hammer. He okay. Had the character Helmhammer. So I okay, think Okay. So he maybe had it was just a straight up Rohan list.
1: Yeah, it was Helmhammer because that was his only mounted hero. Yeah. Who's literally a, a beat stick in that. Uh, in that uh, army, but uh, and then it was all royal guard, all royal guard, mostly yeah. with spe- throwing spear, I believe.
0: And then the winner was Ben Boomer,
1: as expected. Usually, yeah, he he's usually always is... in the top three. Great player. Uh, I've ever never actually played against him because I'm yeah. never in the top tables.
0: <laughs> he, he he's won the league a couple of times at least. Um, plays Minas Tirith. He. He seems to bring that one to every 100 point event we run. And I think he came to three 100 point events this year uh, and won all three of them, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Well, so. I think,
1: he, you know, he takes a, a great strategy, which is he plays really well with that army. He knows that army very, very well. Right. And so, you know, Don't, don't, don't broke what ain't fix or don't fix what ain't broke as the (laughs) saying, I think it is. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that's an example of, you know, you keep on in an army, even though it might not be top tier meta, which it is in the, in the good meta, but, um, you can win because you know your army, you know what it can do, you know what it can face. Um, and so he has that experience.
0: So that was it for the prizes for that. I think we did do some draws as well, just to give away some additional prizing as well, because I know I got, um, I got a small prize as well, um, which ended up being one of the sets of uh, 3D printed models from MTM Printworks. Uh, I grabbed some of those guys, which was, which was great to have. Um, but I think we had enough prizes where I think almost like everybody walked away with something.
1: I believe so. I I think everybody got at least one thing at the tournament,
0: which is nice. Uh, But that was it for the awards for that particular tournament. But as that was the final tournament in our unprecedented season, we immediately kicked over to give away our league awards, which we give away a few now. I think this is the second or third year where not only are we giving away um like first second and third for the league but we're also giving away uh best sportsmen which are basically stats that are compiled compiled from all of the tournaments so if you give away such a an award at your tournament it's recorded um Hmm. like i think Ben is recording like first, second, and third kind of thing. And then um, if you're doing any kind of craftsman award, we have an award overall season long award for best craftsman. So that, if again compiled over all of the tournaments throughout the year, regardless of what it is, if you're having like best painted army, best display board, best converted model, or maybe just best army, all of those things those those winners are recorded and and runner-ups in third place are recorded and they earn points through the season so then by the end of the season just like we're calculating the the league winners and so on we're also calculating you know winners for uh for those awards best sportsmen and best craftsmen as well and I think too that it's good to note that each of
1: our uh, tournaments that we run yeah. the craftsman award is different every time it's not always always the best painted yeah. it could be that tournament is like bring your best model to the tournament for yeah. paint judging one could be best theme uh, one is a combination of uh, best board plus army so there's a lot of different um uh, ways that you can win craftsmen so it's not always like the best full army painted and and display board. It's, yeah, we it mix depends it on the organizer. It depends
0: yeah. on the TO what he wants to do or she wants to do. Correct. Absolutely and Ben mentioned that because um, we just give away one prize for sportsmen and craftsmen and we give away first, second and third for like overall league scores and he mentioned that like next year we're going to try to go first, second and third for each of those Awards as well, so all three categories will have first, second, and third.
1: Which I think is a good thing because I think it's again um, the whole idea is to continue to have people participate in the league. So, yep. you know, giving out nine trophies and is is a nice thing um, to you know thank the people that continue to come out for the events.
0: Yeah, and we should mention here. I don't know if we already mentioned this, but um, Ben Boomer, who we just talked about, he actually made our trophies and when I say he made our trophies this year we had all new trophies he actually designed them and I I don't know the name of the program that you do 3d designs in but he learned how to do the program on his own and made a few practice you know trophies and then made our final trophies and we had two different trophies and they were amazing. And then he printed them on his resin printer and painted them as well. So put a ton of work into it, and they were outstanding. Like really good. I mean, job. they
1: they were better than the Games Workshop ones, in my opinion. They, I, mean, I think they
0: stand they stand like right beside them for sure. Like I I'm fortunate yeah. enough to have one of the Games Workshop. Uh, trophies with the ring, and mm-hmm. I have it beside mine. And these trophies that Ben has designed are are every bit as nice, I would say, as as that one. What
1: I liked about what he did with the trophies is he also put some weight to them. Yeah. Um, whereas I think the games workshop ones are just pure resin. This one, uh, he he weighted them down, so they felt like a they felt like a, a trophy. like yeah, a, You it's, know, yeah. it's standing on your board. It's got a got a little heft to it but it really they really looked good they felt good i think like i said i i would if i got that it's good as good as a games workshop one if not better in my opinion
0: right right well let's let's go through these awards and we'll we'll go back and forth let me announce the first one uh i'll announce the craftsman one and then then you can announce the next one okay so, Perfect. the winner of the Craftsman Award for our unprecedented season was Christmas Sella. Oh, hey! Hey! No, Congratulations! I was, uh,
1: I was super excited for this. You know, I said to you at the beginning of this unprecedented season, I built two armies, and my goal was to win Craftsman. Is right. Build a board, build a display, work really hard on uh, custom bases, all that to kind of showcase, you know the craftsmen that I like to go and again that's why I go to the tournaments I'm not as big of a competitive so it's hard for me yeah. to get that competitive place so I was really happy so yeah I, I I took one home one of the Ben Boomer trophies and I was really happy at the end of the day that so, was awesome score yeah. one for uh, North
0: of the Shire well the good the thing about it too and very well deserved but there's a lot of competition like in, in our league and I imagine it's the same in most in most leagues that like there's a lot of really nice stuff, um, so oh, yeah. so to win that award is it's saying something.
1: Yeah, I, I was I was really pleased, and like like I said, there are a lot of beautiful armies. I know, um, you know, Paul in a number of places. He's always it's, it's been me and him a couple times during the during the uh, tournament yeah. season. So, um, you know, again, just just happy to win it. That's all. Awesome. So I'll announce the next one, which is the best sportsman. Uh, for the league, and it was won by a gentleman named Don. Don took home yeah. sportsman for the <laughs> year, and well-deserved, in my opinion, Don. I, I think in all of the the league tournaments, you're always there. You t- You talked about it already. Yeah. I think you can count on the hands how many times you haven't been there. You're part of the league and running it and making sure things go smooth and not only that I have had the chance if I talked about when I joined the league we didn't know each other at the time I, I was introduced uh, to you through Garrett I think at our first tournament and um, I think we kind of hit it off a little bit but I got to play with you against you for the first yeah. time and it was a pleasure I still got beat by you so let's make it clear but uh, <laughs> it was a pleasure to play with you you're, you're a great player to have across the table um, you are you know fair you are very clear on your rules you're helpful to new players and i think that's why you deserved uh the sportsman oh thanks I so congratulations. It. i really
0: appreciate it and it came as a shock to me honestly and just goes to prove that if you throw enough poop against the wall something's <laughs> going to stick and it's like that's what happens when you go to like every tournament and i did check after um like this is this is the next day we recorded yesterday and now today mm-hmm. yeah i'm pretty sure we had nine tournaments this year and i went to eight of them so almost all of them but yeah so i was able to like get like scores in in a few of these categories which which helped so it's my second time in what i think six seasons um winning winning this award and it came as a surprise and this is the type of award that like i prize this type of award over all other awards so to me, this was really special. And to bring home one of those Ben Boomer OSBGL trophies and have that on my shelf now is, is amazing.
1: And, and like the Craftsman, the Sportsman one has a lot of competition too. Yeah. Uh, in our league, we have a lot of great players and a lot of great players to play against. So it is not a, an easy thing to win either yeah. uh, in, in the league. So you know, to come out on top in, in the Sportsman, it's a, it's a great uh, thing to walk away with.
0: All right, so let's go to the first second and thirds and yep. we'll start at the bottom with the third and I'll let you announce third place so third place was another
1: friend of North of the Shire yeah and it was Garrett it was uh, Garrett. Garrett came home with third place which again we were going to the tournament and uh, I think he was in third place going yes. to the tournament yeah and he was talking about well, if I if I don't do well, uh, and some other people, I think it was like Ronan and a couple other people that were very close to him, yeah. and if they do better, they he would drop out. So at this point, I think before the announcement, there he thought he was he was out. He had he had not gotten the third place, yeah. And so I think when his name was called, he was kind of a little shocked, <laughs> but uh, but uh, he did. He squeaked out and held on to his third place league standing uh, by the end of that tournament
0: that's right and I guess because he didn't have the best result in this particular tournament correct um, he came in 12th place right so probably didn't really improve his score um, but yeah so there you go wow awesome congratulations Garrett I'm I, I'm not sure but I think that may be the first time he's uh, he's placed in the league and sorry if yeah. I'm wrong there Garrett but
1: yeah, I think I think he talked about he's been he's been kind of the close, you know, fourth, fifth place, yeah. you know, but I don't think he hit the podium. This is the first one. Yeah. So.
0: Okay, so second place was won by Steve Stokes, another great player yeah. in the league, um, and a man of he some was, maturity, such as myself. Correct.
1: That's correct. Another person where uh i think he was battling for top position and the results of this tournament was going to make or break uh first or second i think i think he had locked in either first or second depending on his results here i think so yes but but a great competitor i've seen him before i actually got uh we talked about it earlier i got the to be fortunate enough to play against him in this tournament i did lose to him so that, that's yeah. Uh, probably why he's he stayed in second, um, but uh, but a great player. But also, like I said, great to play with. Um, you know, very clear on here. You know, here, have you, do you know my rules? It's my new army. Uh, you know, keep me honest. You know, I, I he was just a great great player all around. So he is. And it just reminds
0: me that we forgot an entire award, so we'll come after that after we'll come back to that after we do first, second, and third. Yeah he, yeah, he came in sixth in this tournament too. So yeah, and he goes to most of the events as well. Correct. Yeah. Correct.
1: All right, so maybe I'll announce the last one, uh, which is kind of maybe giving away a clue of who is won the league this <laughs> year, but coming in first place with uh, in the unprecedented uh, year is dawn yeah so oh Don congratulations you are, you are the champion of the 2020 2021 some part of 2022 <laughs> <laughs> league um and uh, again well deserved and I think you won by 0. 0.5 of a point. yeah, It was, it was very like close between very you close. and Steve.
0: Yeah. Going into the last event, it was like I was in first, totally convinced that Steve was gonna pass me. Uh, it usually happens this way every year, but much earlier in the season because I go to most of the events. And because mm-hmm. I'm like one of the first people to get four scores, because it's your best four scores, at some point early in the year, it's quite common for me to be in front. But as we get further on down the track, I get bumped out, you know, because, like, I don't win tournaments. In fact, other than one oddball where I was a doubles partner of Andrew, I have never won a tournament. So I didn't win any tournaments this year, but somehow managed to win the league.
1: Well, to be fair, I mean, you're always usually in the top five. Normally, there's always an occasion where you're not. But I would say for most times you are somewhere in the top five. So you're never, you know, have tanking scores all the time. So you are averaging pretty high numbers. What usually will take, and what usually happens is something like, you you know, somebody comes along and wins 400-point tournaments, and and that becomes the one that overtakes you. Because if you had, you know, four second-place finishes, that's a great, great great number to have. But, you know, again, the person that's going to beat you is the one that goes to the same amount of yeah. turns to you and scores higher
0: this so. was just one of those situations because of the choppy nature of of the last year and you know because of covid concerns and and this and that you know we we had you know we had a lot of good players playing don't get me wrong i'm not gonna totally sell myself short here but you know we we also had some of our top players like andrew i don't maybe played in one tournament um you know ben like i said he he came down for 300 point tournaments he won them all but it was only three if he had to come to one more he probably would have won you know steve you know he's all over it he was right there could have easily taken it we got other newer players that are like in the hunt. I'm sure we'll see them at the top of, of the standings next year. But for me it was just that year where like the the stars aligned and there was an opportunity for me, the not very competitive guy, to just somehow squeak it in by less than a point.
1: <laughs> so on record for the league Trophies, North of the Shire, or members of North of the Shire, or people that help you out. Dawn yeah. is part of North of the Shire. We won four of the five awards for the league.
0: And, just so that I for- don't forget, there was actually six because we forgot one. Oh, more. yeah. And it was, and shame on me for forgetting that. And we also give an award away for the um, ambassador of the league oh yes and so it's that, yeah. it's given to the person that we feel is like doing the most work out there promoting promoting the league promoting the events getting new players involved running tournaments running games days all of that kind of stuff and that was one and very well deserved by steve stokes also who came oh, in, yes. who came in second and he really deserved that award um, this year, and was was so happy to see him see him win that award because he just yeah, does he, an incredible and he, job.
1: I mean, I saw him toing tournaments, getting people to you know advertise to come out to the tournaments in a tough time when people were still nervous to do it, and um, always engaged with everybody too yeah. at the tournament. I saw him. I think one of the tournaments had a lot of new people, and Steve was was chatting with them making them feel welcome yep. so you know he he deserved it and it was it's great to see that ambassador because i think it's those ambassadors that keep the league going oh absolutely um, absolutely and it's a ton of work a ton of work just like the league administrators and 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 we should probably take a moment to, to thank all the league administrators yourself ben uh derek um all of you guys and i probably missed some people in yeah there. taylor know and where andrew where also. taylor yeah and Andrew, like, I mean, you guys are the heart of this league and uh, we wouldn't have a league without you, the, the five of you guys. So we're super grateful. I'll speak on behalf of the players. Uh, I'm happy to have you part of our community. So, you know, kudos to, to those individuals.
0: Oh, thank you. And and, and I echo those words for, for all the other guys. So, yeah, that was an end to the unprecedented season. Um, really happy to win a couple of awards and and really looking forward to the start of the new season in in august
1: yeah i'm looking at i'm gonna miss the first tournament though which is really yeah, upsetting oh but uh
0: but i will make it up i will make it up good stuff. i promise you good stuff all right let's move on to our next section
1: Awesome. So, so now that we kind of went through our league final um, and our last final tournament, we thought it'd be good to have, talk about a little bit about the do's and don'ts of playing in a league or the do's and don'ts of playing in a tournament. They can be interchangeable in a way, but we're going to kind of talk a little bit more to playing in a league so multiple tournaments with the same group of individuals and yeah what are some of those do's and don'ts
0: because I'm sure a lot of communities um, well I know a lot of communities have tournaments I see them on Facebook constantly but I'm not sure that that all communities actually have an organized league and it does offer a lot of uh, different aspects to it
1: yeah absolutely absolutely And so what we'll maybe do, just to kind of make it positive and negative, negative and positive, depending on how you do it, because we don't want to do all positive or all negatives. We'll do one do, one don't, and then kind of back and forth. That's kind of our our game plan of how we're going to do it. So So you've written
0: out some like do's and don'ts, and uh, I've got some advantages and disadvantages, which are actually written by Andrew. He actually helped me out and toss those i just asked him the other day i said chris and i are we going to record and this is the topic where we're, we're going to talk about what are your thoughts and like half an hour later he <laughs> sent me back a, a like a, a facebook message that was like i don't know how long it was it's just huge and i'm like oh my god dude this guy's like yeah. a machine of uh writing content
1: yeah so so why don't we start with 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 a do all right um, and again I'm going to pick this as in you're playing with the same group of guys, but again, it could be a tournament, it could be a league, etc. So, the first one I put, which I think is really critical, because again, part of a league, the importance of a league, is to consistently have people come out, and as new people enter the league, we want to welcome them in, and we want to make them have a great experience, because if they don't have a great experience, they won't come back. We want to crush them
0: and send them home with their tail between their legs.
1: Exactly. So my first one is it's kind of introduce yourself introduce your army ask the person if they're new to the hobby or new to the league so it's it's really just you know you think it'd be a human reaction that you should do this yeah. but a lot of people you know maybe focus on i just gotta win i'm i'm, I'm trying to be done try to get to the top of the league etc etc but it's very important to pause introduce yourself hi my name's chris this yeah. is my army have you played it before would do you have any questions about my army yeah um you also don't want them to be like you don't want to uh give them a gotcha moment especially for a new player uh, obviously if you know each other different scenario in that case but this yeah. is really geared to yeah, yeah. playing somebody for the first time or playing a new player so that's my do
0: um introduce yourself you know go over there you know maybe not now because COVID but shake their hand say hey how's it going I'm Don what's your name yeah Yeah. great to meet you yeah
1: yeah and you can go beyond that yeah go and introduce yourself to other people too yeah don't just stay with the four people you play or the three people you play wander around ask questions hey this is a nice army where'd you you know how'd you paint this or uh, I'm a guy looking at all the paintings so I always try to make sure I you know ask them you know hey uh, how'd you do this? Or this is really beautiful. You know, uh, you know, that's that's my goal is to, to get to know people.
0: I, I like your first do, Chris. What about don'ts? All right.
1: All right. This one is um, just in general, I think, is is not a great thing, even if you're playing just a, a regular board game at home. Don't complain about roles or armies or rules. I mean, the person across you did not invent the rules They did not break the rules in in that sense. Um, And the dice are the dice, right? The worst thing you can hear across from you is like, ah, you know, I'm just rolling ones all the time or whatever. Uh, Or this army is just broken and cheesy and all this kind of stuff. And again, part of the element is, you know, what kind of tournament you're on. If you're at a 100-point tournament, you should expect to see very tough meta armies in there exactly to go in and complain about that to me is not a value of the game and every army can be beaten every army Mm -hmm. can be beaten it just might not be your experience and i'm talking from a person that doesn't win a lot of games i don't sit and complain that i didn't win the games i sit and go hey you know what i i was able to squeak out a close a close loss so i I almost won that one so again it it talks about complaining you don't want to be that person that's just complains about it if you're complaining about the game why are you playing the game is kind of what i would say and right? the,
0: another side of that too is you know if you if you're losing a game you know don't say oh man i lost that game because your army is broken or i lost that Correct. game because i just could not roll above a two like don't be that guy like don't take it away from the other person they just won a game you know let, yeah. let them let them enjoy their win
1: and i've seen them people do that to a brand new player yeah so, so a brand new player maybe played a tough army but but is so proud to win their first game they probably never they probably lost 15 in a row yeah and then you're discrediting their final finally won a game yeah. and then you you give them that bad taste in their mouth and again will they want to come back yeah you know that's what you're, Show that's your what you're worth, to do. you
0: know. Say good Correct. game, buddy. That was awesome. You did you did great, you know. Um, Drew had something I think that relates to this as well. And like again, we have the eighty point and a hundred point. So our eighty points are considered hobby events and like you don't win you don't win the league by getting high scores in eighty point events unless your name is Don and it's the unprecedented <laughs> season. And I think I probably had one one eighty point <laughs> score in there at least uh but he says don't bring a competitive army to a hobby event very faux pas hobby events are meant for people to kick back and relax you can win every hobby event with a hyper competitive army but i guarantee you won't win the league and you won't win best sportsman either for that matter because that is not cool
1: no and i, I don't agree with this so again you know, a lot of the people that are top players often have many armies, too. Yeah. Like, this is your time to bring just a kind of a fun try-out, try-out. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm okay with people trying out, uh, you know, borderline meta army, but you don't go in with just crusher armies. And, and, again, you know, I guess people will do it, and they do it. It just, again, it puts a sour taste, especially for new yeah. players. And that's what I'm... I always think of it. When we think about leagues, you have to think about new players. Listen, you're going to have a bad game, Don. You'll still show up to the next league. I'll probably show up to the next league. Oh, yeah. But yeah. the new people would not. I've make, won
0: uh, Wooden Spoon before. Exactly. All, All right, right, what else you so, got for the dudes?
1: So I'm going to go with one that, again, is part of the league. And, again, part of our league is going to different venues, right? Mm-hmm. And those could be stores. Those could be um uh other types of venues like a cafe or whatever that's in there what i said was when you go there try to support the venue and more importantly thank the organizer for doing that so it is very important you know those venues are not just giving you the space for you know they are giving it to you for free but they have a business to run and you want those venues to to survive you want them to be there so for the next tournament we have so you know I don't say go and buy like thousands of dollars but you know I always and, and I know you do, do this too Don you know I buy a paint or I buy a, a you know a model or I buy something from the venue uh, if it's a cafe I always make sure I eat there or I have a, a drink there again support the venue and then it thank the organizer because that organizer is who you're gonna need to organize the next one. Sometimes, so, absolutely, again.
0: yeah. Like in our last event that we just finished talking about, um, we held it in like a veterans' association. Uh, so that was awesome to be able to go in there and and we had connections in, in through there through another guy named Barnaby. Uh, who runs the Hamilton Games Club out of that venue. And so it was awesome to be able to get to that venue. And, you know, of course, we paid for the privilege to be there, but, like, so happy to be able to give give money to to that organization. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they they run, like, a cafe and, like, a bar downstairs. And so, you know, go and grab something from there and and support the place. So that type of thing.
1: Okay, so that was my second do, so All I'll right. move to a don't. Um, and I'm gonna put this as a little bit of a during a game, but also in, in in league terms. Yeah. Don't go back in time. Okay? We are not from back to the future. Don't go back in time. And so what I mean by that is you'll often in a game or even in a league, and if I think about leagues, like don't go back to the last tournament you play and right. and, and dwell on that past. It's only gonna make you think about or or throw you off this time more importantly when you're in a game don't be like oh i forgot a last turn can we rewind that and it's just oh yeah oh my god you made the mistake you learn from the mistake and and so a lot of times um people you know it, it, it at 100 point events you see it more where they they make that critical mistake oh i forgot to i don't know cast this i forgot to. Uh, do my special rule mm-hmm. uh, you know what that we, we should reroll that well we're already on the next turn. yeah you, you learn next time we play no next army you do so it's it's that don't go back in time now I did put an asterisk on this one Don. yeah is that if it like just happened and it's a very new player yeah you if you want make an exception for that one and that's right it's, again if you had introduced yourself at the beginning, And ask if they're a new player, new to the league or new to the game, then you would have that kind of decision point if you really want to. But even as a new player, it's better to make mistakes
0: because
1: you learn from them. And that's just a life lesson in general.
0: Yeah, and like what I do, like for me, for myself, like played a lot of games, you know, I should remember everything. But, you know, occasionally if I forget something, if it just happened, like I just finished my 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 moves and and he's maybe started his moves and i forgot to move like one guy in a non-critical area Uh, like i'll just say hey uh, do you mind if i move this guy i just forgot to move this one model but like not like you know you're in the end of the turn or something and for my opponent if it's a new player like i'll be watching what they're doing and reminding them of of things as it goes like you know you're mm. moving this guy now uh, did you want to cast a spell like now is the time where you would do that Correct. or you're in combat and you know don't forget you have a banner um, all of that kind of stuff it, like just remind the player if, if they're new like
1: yeah I do that a lot too is the banner one is a big one where in, in a new player they often will forget and you will say what about your banner do you do want to reroll for your banner yeah so you know I do that as a courtesy because if you're playing against a top player they would be rolling that banner anyway, so it's yeah. not throwing off the thing. So, no, no, exactly. Okay, okay. Going back to the, you know what? I'm gonna go with another negative, so we end on a positive. I, I, I don't like ending on negatives, okay. so I'm gonna go with a, an, another don't. And this is, don't be late. Okay. Right. Right. So this one is a, a, a in, important for other people. So the organizer is relying on a certain number of people, you know, to make sure that they. Meet the venue requirements or meet the tournament requirements. There is somebody often waiting to play you, yeah. um, and and it could be a thing where someone's waiting to play. It's been their first game, and the person doesn't show up. Now, often leagues, and especially in our league, after a certain amount of time, they'll get a they'll get a win, and and that's great. But yeah. I'm coming to the tournament to to play, right? So mm-hmm. if I get one less game, you know, that's that's not. Um, it's not I'm saying it's not fair, but it's it's not as great as I wanted it to be, right? So, yeah. again, it's all about experience. So, don't be late uh, for your games. And this is even when you're in the tournament. Like, listen to when do I need to be back after lunch or how long is our break. Ask the mm-hmm. questions of the TO tournament so that you don't, you're don't you not rushing to start a game and giving a disadvantage potentially
0: to a player. Or you're putting the TO in that position, like the guy's x minutes late like what when does he forfeit or you know when like if we're starting like is the ringer gonna play or you start playing against the ringer and then the guy shows up and like what do you do do you stop the game or
1: be on time be on time let me let me me throw in
0: another one because andrew has one here okay and all of his stuff are from the point of view of like a competitive guy so yeah so so this is a this is the don't Don't bring a win-at-all-cost mindset to tournaments. This is a league, and reputation will precede you. If you are known to be an absolute jerk, then the TOs may pull you aside to talk to you about your behavior or ban you from their event. The social contract you're agreeing to with your opponent stipulates that both parties should have fun in the game. Don't ruin someone else's enjoyment.
1: That's a, that's a great. It's a I'm great shocked
0: example. to hear that from Andrew. Quite honestly, no, I'm only kidding.
1: <laughs> you know what? Though, I've actually watched Andrew play. Although he's very, very hardcore, I can tell you that. Like he yeah. wants, he's playing to win. He's a competitive guy. Now he yeah. will be different in an eighty-point versus a hundred-point. But he is still fair. He's on time. He's yeah. not that type of player. He will state the rules clearly in a calm manner i've seen it i've actually been at the table when someone has questioned a rule and and uh he handles it very well so you're you're right don't be that player because it is a league people will remember you and you will get a reputation and once you get a reputation that is hard to shake it's hard to shake a reputation it really is
0: get the reputation of being someone that is really fun to play against
1: oh yes Okay, so I'm going to go to my next one, which, again, is... I am taking it from the... I guess Andrew's doing the competitive. I'm doing it from a (laughs) voice of a new player or... Someone going for fun, or going for one of the craftsmens or the sportsman yeah, yeah. type. Right? You haven't or, even you know, touched again, any
0: of Andrew's dues yet. I, I have not because no. I know okay. his dues
1: because I I got copied on them. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, uh, but I wrote mine before you did it. So uh, so <laughs> right on. Uh, I so the other one I put is: Do not rush your rolls or roll so your opponent can't see. Part of this game is to make sure that the people understand what just happened or can clearly see. Yeah. So. You know you don't want to be like I just rolled and then pick up your dice really quickly yeah you want to have clear intention to your opponents so that they see oh I rolled a six yeah that's that that's a dead model you see it okay yeah. or don't roll like if somebody's turning around and putting a model away don't roll your next roll and then be like oh I rolled two sixes right yeah. it's just again not that saying that those people are cheating and I don't think they're cheating it's just it's part of a yeah I guess the social contract like yeah it's part of let's see and sometimes those roles are exciting they are oh my man. god you scored four sixes i like yeah. to see four sixes even yeah. if it's against me four yeah. sixes is a great role so that don't rush your roles don't don't do your roles without your opponent seeing you know that that is my uh next
0: do yeah totally agree with that one like even like i've played a lot and you know so, some players play a lot faster than me my brain doesn't just work as fast and you know they get throwing the dice and taking models off, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, I, like I don't know what's happening right now. Like, just explain what's going on because you're, you're, you're doing stuff faster than than my brain can move. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I should say it's not do not rush your orders. It's, it's it, the actual thing should be do take your time, take yeah. your time, yeah. and, and, and and clearly show your intent. Okay. Um. Okay. So that's my my. I think that was my third do. Kay. Okay. Okay. So the don't, and this is a controversial don't, okay? Because this is gonna have people in the hobby complaining. But bringing model proxies that don't make sense, okay? So yeah. not not bringing proxies. So I'm, a, I'm a totally aligned to proxies that make sense. What mm-hmm. I'm talking about is proxies that don't make sense. Yeah. So an example being, you know, you have a, a bear model and you say, this is a spider yeah okay or you have a bat swarm and you say this is a spider right yeah. that is not great and even if it's this is a character heavy game mm-hmm. if you're using a character that's been named and you're saying oh this is uh instead of Aamer this is going to be Elfhem, that's confusing especially when i'm looking at Aamer and i will always as an opponent um, look at it, and I know who those models are. Part of this Lord of the Rings game is really around the character, yeah. so that one makes it very difficult. So don't don't use proxies that don't make sense, and don't proxy other name characters for for other named characters. So yeah,
0: story. Andrew has something like that too. Don't bend or break the rules of a tournament or league pack if it stipulates no proxies don't bring PAC proxies if it defines a specific painting requirement don't bring bare models on the day respect the wishes of the league and the TO and don't force them to make uh, a day of decisions on your army right so very exactly. similar to to what you're saying there Chris
1: perfect okay the other one is know your rules so that that's that's the one question i would say is i'm not asking you to know the rules of your opponent's armies but know your own rules right Mm -hmm. know your armies have your books ready have your books your faqs or any of those kind of elements as it ties to the army you're bringing uh, and then clearly outline your intent or what your army is so if you're bringing a legendary legion you know it goes back to that introduction right you a you should know the rules for your legendary legion and you should clearly state to your opponent i'm using a legendary legions and this adds an additional rule but i have played against other armies where they some armies are very difficult and very rules heavy so i think the vanquishers are one of those examples with yeah. the nine million rules for five models right mm-hmm. and so you know i don't as an opponent i might i'm not studying all those rules right but I, I expect you to know the rules of your own army, and when questioned, you should be able to provide the documentation and not be like, oh, I forgot my book or yeah. or those kind of stuff. So that that's my question is know your army is the do for me.
0: I like that one, yeah. That is, I honestly struggle with that a lot of the time as well with the more complicated, the more complicated things, and and I'm not really a stickler. Like I'll, I'll go. On the word of my opponent. Like, if they say something works a certain way, then it's like, okay, fine, let's do it. Um, you know, I, I don't dig out the rule book very often. Oftentimes, like, I don't bring my rule book or my, my army book. Um, I'll just have my army list or, or whatever. Um, but honestly, it's cost me a lot of games, to be honest. Um, I, I'm in the same boat as yeah. you. And, and I,
1: I know you know the names of the, uh, the, the
0: army. If, that if plain, I cared more happened. about winning, uh, I would definitely bring books and, and ask to see more rules and stuff. But anyway.
1: Yeah. I, I think a number of times, this is uh, earlier on when Andrew was playing in the uh, the first time I had joined the league. And I remember so many times I'd leave a leave a game and he's like, how do you do? And I was like, oh, I lost. He's like, this model's crazy. It does this and this. And he's like, it doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I asked him what it does and that's what they told me. And yeah. Andrew said the same thing you should ask the rules man which is is a fair comment you should ask for the rules that's the right right answer but I'm like you benefit of the doubt I'm expecting you to know your rules um, I guess we're, we're just producers. suckers Chris you and I suckers exactly yeah. exactly what else you got All any right. other do's uh, I have one more don't and one more do I believe so the last don't was one that kind of Andrew already said so I won't elaborate on it. but that's don't be that player, okay? Yeah. Don't be the the cheater, the you know the 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 you know the person that nobody wants to play around, right? Yeah, that's it. Will stick with you for the whole league. You'll get a reputation. In some cases, and not that this has happened at all, but I've seen in other leagues, the person is removed from the league. Yeah, uh, because they're just that toxic to the league, and that's yeah. what it's about. You do not want the lead to start with toxic players and that's an example of it so so you know it kind of ties to what andrew said so my my last do is a very simple one Mm -hmm. um and that is shower and wear deodorant and this (laughs) is the this is just a human Uh... instinct but I'll, i'll tell you why i listen the venues are often tight hot um etc and yeah. you're with other people yeah. you know take that extra 10 minutes in the morning <laughs> take the shower or make sure you're wearing the deodorant yeah. or cologne or whatever just it's it's you know it's courtesy and, and that would be my only thing is cleanliness is what does they say cleanliness is close to godliness yeah that is my next do is please do that <laughs> uh and it's not like listen uh, I, it's not a problem in our league. I want to make that very no. clear. So I'm not calling anybody out. I, I actually never had that experience, but I've yeah. experience in other leagues. I like a, I run a games an club,
0: and and I've also run like a lot of in store gamings so in store gaming over my my career, and I've had to have many conversations uh, on this topic when you're playing in like a very small store with tightly packed gamers and you get a lot of younger younger guys in there mostly that you know maybe haven't really nailed down their like personal grooming situation quite quite yet so it's like time for like a little conversation on the side like hey you know (laughs) you may (laughs) want to like any parents out there in the league
1: or otherwise you know have those conversations with yeah. your kids. It's an important conversation. You know what? I, I have a, a teenage girl, um, you know, or a preteen, and, and that was a conversation I made sure I had early yeah. on. It's like, there's this time where it's going to switch over, and here are the hygiene things I recommend. <laughs> <laughs> <Right> <laughs> so, on, right so, so that was my last one. It's a kind of a fun one, but I think, again, you also tie into the don't. You don't want to be that player either. (laughs) You don't want to be the cheater, but you also don't want to be that player. Let me power through a few
0: of Drew's, and they're all for, like, if you're a competitive person, this is your dues. Set expectations for yourself. Are you going for fun or to be competitive at winning an award? I have seen people not establish those expectations and attempt to blur the lines between taking a hobby list, i.e. an uncompetitive list, with a competitive attitude and get upset when they don't perform well, so there—that's—I uh, think that's a good one actually. You know, like uh, if you're gonna bring a hobby or a fun list, like you're gonna lose at least half your game. So you need to, you need to go in there with that expectation.
1: Yeah, and, and I think I mentioned this earlier, but you know, I I often go for the craftsman, right? Yeah. Part of going for the craftsman is you kind of have to bring new armies all the time, right? Because people. You know, they're like, I already voted for that one, you know, three tournaments ago. But the downside of that is I don't get a lot of experience playing these armies. So again, I'm setting the expectation right out of the bat that Mm -hmm. I am not bringing, I might bring competitive army, but it won't be competitive because I I don't have enough experience with it. So again, I have that expectation going in because that is what I am trying to achieve. So it's a a good call-out.
0: Okay, he's got two more and they're short. I'll just read both of them at the same time. Pace yourself. This is a league. It's not a sprint, but a marathon. If you don't, you will end up burning out, which no one wants. So that's the first one. And then also, practice in advance for best results. If you're playing competitive, you want to practice first. Don't play an army for the first time at the tournament you want to win. So I think that's yeah. very realistic also, and it goes along with setting your expectations. Like, don't show up with an army that you've never played, but it's an internet an internet list, and expect to win. You know, it doesn't yeah. work that way. All right, what about the advantages and disadvantages of playing in a league? Chris, why don't you uh, lead us off with some advantages?
1: So one of the ones, and I I would agree with... Uh, Andrew on this one as well, uh, opportunity to for people to see progress and compete against another, one another for top spots. So, you know, it's always great to see a new player come into the league. You know, often, you know, they are middle of the pack or maybe even close to the bottom, and throughout yeah. the end, by the end of the league, they become top spot. Um, so, you know, it can help drive more tournaments. They get people involved, etc., but a great opportunity to track your own progress yeah. and compete.
0: It's a good way to learn how to play, honestly, going yeah. to a tournament or playing in a league. Um, you know, you may play in a league and go to your first event having only ever played, like, a couple of games. You know, by by your third tournament, you, you've now probably played, you know... 20 games or whatever mm-hmm. um that's a whole lot of gaming it's you can learn how to play the game and become quite competent at it fairly quickly absolutely all right you want me to throw out a disadvantage sure okay this is andrew's stuff here so here we go it's time consuming to run a league wow sure is i'll tell you <laughs> uh, you need to have multiple people split the task to make them manageable yeah that's super important oh my god
1: don't yeah, i've seen leagues die yeah. because it was one person running it and they just get burned out and it ends don't right? try
0: and to do don't try to run a league on your own it's it's a recipe for disaster for sure um you want to run a league so you can share the workload not only that but also what just happened in ours um, when something happens and somebody has to step aside you have other people that can step in and and take over a situation and make it happen
1: yeah absolutely all right I'll tackle another um, advantage and I think it, it, it comes across as a sense of accomplishment when you win I would say not only the league but even a tournament um, in it so during a tournament there's up to 12 or more yeah uh, tournaments throughout the year there's a lot of opportunity to win even one win is a f- is a sense of accomplishment and it's a big deal uh, i mean listen we just walked away with some trophies yeah. it was a big deal it was a sense of accomplishment it yeah. was a pride moment um and got me i'll tell you i let, came back from that tournament the next day i was already painting my new army
0: that's awesome yeah there you go and and like for me you know like for me to win Best Sportsman, it's—I it, know it's—it's it's corny and all that—but like, it's really special to me to win that award. Um, it means a lot to me, and I never, for the life of me, ever thought that I would win first place in the league. Never even considered it a possibility. Going into the last couple of tournaments and still being in first place, I got to admit, like, my eye was definitely on my score um and it affected like what i was bringing to the tournament because Mm -hmm. like i was trying to keep my you know my score up up there correct Uh, so it's fun to fun to watch that and and track that and and you know try to go for first or second or third or whatever absolutely all right what do we got here for a disadvantage If no one volunteers to TO, it can often fall on one or two people to TO the entire league. If you think playing a league can lead to burnout, TOing an entire league will absolutely lead to burnout. Yeah, so kind of going back to the, don't try to do this on your own. And if you think you want to start a league, you better have like a pretty strong player base and a lot of people that you know are going to step forward and volunteer to to like if it's just you and two other friends that are toing that's not enough you know you you need like a good number like unless you're just going to run a league that has like six tournaments in a year then fine you know but if you're going to be trying to run one tournament a month or more than that like you need you the way i always look at it is if if you have 12 tournaments in a year all you need is 12 people to run one tournament so if you're somebody that's really eager to to is like look all you have to do is run one tournament a year that's all you have to do if something happens and someone asks you to step in and help out and run a second then great But you kind of need to have that many people. You kind of need to have like 10 or 12 people that are willing to TO. And even in our league now, that's run for six very successful seasons. Even now we're in a situation where we're shy on TOs right now compared because you know things change people move on you know their lives change they move away they get married they go to school they adopt other games or whatever things are always changing right so you constantly need to have a rotation of like new players and also new tos coming in yeah
1: absolutely absolutely sounds like i have i'm due for a to at one of these points that's well, my, I that's think we're goal. dragging
0: you in to help us out this year, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll be there. there, you there. Go. We'll, get your feet, um, we'll get your feet wet there.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So the next advantage I have is, and I agree with this because me um, having a pretty busy schedule myself and, and you as well, it is perfect for a person with a busy schedule because like this deal, it's always there's one a month. It's not like every day or every week. So when you yeah. create a, a league, you have to establish a cadence. If you do it too often, getting people out will be tough. If you find that right balance, and, and right now we're roughly once a, a month uh, yeah. for for a, for a tournament, it's great for a busy person. They can book that off and get in three or four games a day, or in that day or in that tournament. Yeah, and it, it, it just it's just a, a great way to have an have um, manage a busy schedule
0: oh that's that's so true like this tournament we have coming up in august it's august uh 20th and 21st and my wedding anniversary is the 22nd so having that having that on the schedule far enough in advance allows me to work that situation okay i'm taking the 22nd off it's our anniversary spend that day with my wife because the preceding two days I'll be at a tournament with my buddies right but yeah it's perfect for me like I don't do much gaming anymore during the weeks um because quite frankly my schedule is just too busy but like having the opportunity to go to a, a tournament once a month it it's it's amazing like it, it's perfect yeah. for me because i'll i'll just go to the one event it's a whole day but usually it's four games and i'll get my gaming in for the month there and done until the next month absolutely another disadvantage is it can be stressful if you're a super competitive person that wants to win, I have a feeling Andrew's talking about himself here. <laughs> you, <laughs> you are never allowed to just bring an army to a competitive event and have fun. You always have to consider your position within the event and whether you have an army ready or take to take you to the promised land. Yeah, This is not I, a problem
1: for me. <laughs> no, me either.
0: And this is honestly one of the reasons why... I don't like to try to be competitive. Uh, My favorite games are not against really competitive minded players because it adds a certain amount of stress to the game. And, And I'm not there to have a stressful experience like I go to these events to enjoy myself and kick back and have fun like winning and losing is is just a byproduct of of playing i like i i try hard not to not to tie my enjoyment of the experience to winning um and when i play against somebody that is really focused on winning it really i find it for me it's just for me it does take away some of the enjoyment because of of that sort of Mm -hmm. stressful side of of gaming
1: yeah i I agree and and I, i think it adds stress too to new players too when they play against players like that sometimes yeah
0: um but, but a intense. lot of people feed off that that's why they go they really enjoy yeah. that they enjoy that stress yeah. I, I don't myself but like I know Andrew like he, he loves that kind of stuff
1: no oh, absolutely
0: and absolutely. I'm like okay well that's awesome but you know maybe you should get that kind of thrill from something other than toy soldiers it's <laughs> like you know
1: <laughs> alright I'll go to the to the next advantage and, and uh, one that I 100% agree with it it's an easy way to build a community around it. So when, when a league is to, it comes together or is created, people come together, right? Yeah. You get people that volunteer to be TOs, make tables. It, and, and this is one to, for sure for me. It encourages people to paint models or learn the rules more or play more games, which is really what we're, we're trying to do is get people out playing, socializing with each other yep. we we often miss that, that socialization, I mean listen, COVID-19 changed the dynamics a lot and we really saw the effects of not having a social uh, gathering and I think oh, yeah. was, this, yeah. leagues do this and like I said that encouraging to paint when I see other beautiful painted armies, like I said I was on Sunday painting my next army yeah. um, because I just had you know the urge to say oh my god I had a great time it got me wanting to do it more. So so th- I I think this is a, a big advantage of, of Elite.
0: Absolutely. And you know, like we've seen we've seen players from other um, other games, other hobbies come to join our league and try the game out because of the community, because because of the league. They see there's like a long standing league uh, and a really friendly community and they're like we don't have that in in the game that I play. I'm going to try this and and see how it is.
1: And, and, and that's my my example for sure. That was my experience. I I came, I think I met Garrett at a age of Sigmar, and he said, oh, I was like, oh, you know, I really like this Lord of the Rings. I like the game, but nobody plays it. He's like, well, I know a bunch of people that do play it. <laughs> Why don't you come out to an event? And I came out to that first event and, yeah. And the league welcomed me. The people welcomed me. I'd never experienced that before. And it's kudos to this um, group of individuals. And I have never looked back since. And I'm on now what my seventh or eighth army of the. Yeah, right on. And I had zero when I started. So <laughs> it, 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 it does tell um, when you run a good league and you have a good group of
0: people, people
1: will come and stay.
0: So was that your Rohan army that you brought to that? No,
1: game? my first my first army I brought was a Iron Hills army, and the first game oh, I yeah, ever yeah. played was against Garrett, and it was Iron Hills versus versus his uh, what are the Grimhammers? Uh, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. And that that army was my first lore. game, yeah. and I think I won, and I really don't don't think I I should get the credit of that because yeah. Garrett spent a lot of time. You know, telling me, oh, don't do this, do this, do that. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to give the credit to Garrett <laughs> as being a great uh, host the first time around um, and uh, really being really, really uh, nice to me on the rules and that. So again, yeah, yeah. welcoming a new player like Garrett does, and I've seen him do it to other people as well, is, is a reason why I stay too.
0: Cool, cool. Okay, the last disadvantage I've got, um, again, this is from Andrew, is for competitive players meta chasing is an element army list advantage is a powerful one if you want to participate in a league and win it sticking to one list throughout the entire league season is probably unrealistic new supplements or faqs may change up the meta and force you to change armies to suit that can lead to it being a little costly to keep up, although nowhere near as expensive as 40k or AOS. What do you think yeah, of that? Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm, I, so I agree with this. Like, if you are playing for competitive, um, and you often have to meta chase, which means that you are often changing armies or switching armies, because yeah. an FAQ could drop at any time, and you're gonna have that army could die, and you have to go to the next meta... So I agree it could be expensive. I, I don't think it's as expensive as other um, uh, systems like a forty K. I, I used to see people in forty K and AOS spend two, three thousand dollars on an army and yeah. then the meta the FAQ comes out, they drop that, sell that, put it bring buy another one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um you don't see it as much in no. um um Lord of the Rings or, or even um because I think a lot of the armies, although there is meta there is a lot of balance to it. There's a lot of dynamics and the uniqueness yeah. of this game that um, you could win with an army that is not on paper super meta. So, mm-hmm. but I agree with you. Meta chasing to me, it just gives me a headache. I'm not That's sure. I'm not sure
0: I agree with this a hundred percent. Like I definitely do see people sticking with the same army in our league and and doing well. Um, I would say that I think it is more possible to stick with the same army and ignore this meta chasing business. If you're playing one of the larger factions like Minas Tirith or Mordor, for example, because those armies come with a lot of uh, units available, a lot of different strategies to try to win the game, you can, you can change up your army list within the same faction to adjust to some, some things that are happening within the meta. Um, but I I do definitely get the point there definitely are a lot of competitive players that you do see constantly changing their army list or their their army
1: yeah I mean if you're going to do this I think you're bang on or spot on with the pick an army that has a lot of options like Mordor or that can ally with a lot of green uh, allies right like pick Minas Tirith where you can then build a Minas Tirith and Bring in Rohan and and still be able to create a viable thing. So there's a way mm-hmm. around it in this arm in this kind of game, not that, that with that uh, allies metric uh, matrix or metrics Right matrix. So like, it does give you that flexibility that other systems don't give you sometimes. Right on. Awesome. I think that's it. Well, I left one on the advantage, so we should leave on a positive, which kind of ties to what we've already been saying already. And that one's is leagues increase new players into the area. And you kind of mentioned this right. in your last summary of the, the advantages, which is, you know, again, when people see a league or you, you're regularly in spots, people will gravitate to that that league and that consistency. So um, that is kind of where it is, and they see people investing in that Um that league and and they're willing to also invest in that league. So again, I think it's about bringing new people to the hobby. That's what this is all about. And I think leagues help facilitate that. So it's a big advantage of a league versus just a going into a store and being like, "Hey, you want to play?"
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cuz you're you can get in you can get involved in in a community and like it's the same you know, if you're playing in, like, house league baseball or hockey or, or whatever, it, it's much different than if you're just playing a pickup game at the park or, you know, at the Correct. arena or whatever. It's like you're you're part of a community, a group. You can strive to do better than you did the previous year or to win an award or, or all of that. Yeah, yeah I awesome. 100% agree. Alright, well, that's our talk about within a league so you can i think you can definitely see the advantages of it i think the disadvantages are very avoidable
1: i think so too i think it it's the disadvantages are are often tied to the idea of wanting to place in the top three yeah. but here's an example someone that won the league this year doesn't have any of those uh, disadvantages listed in his list. So, Don, I think I think you proved that you could win without that mindset, without having a meta army, yeah. or you know, uh, well, you're never going to get away from time consuming. It's unfortunately it's time consuming, but you know, I don't ever see you stressed out. I, I would say that. Um, you may you're, not you're ever see me flying. stressed
0: out, but it happens. I'll tell you. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, but it's not from playing the game usually. No, that's right. Yeah, and exactly. I'll tell you, it's not easy to win the league and win best sportsmen I'll tell you. I never exactly. thought. I never thought I'd see the day, but miracles wow. do happen.
1: Well, let's see if you repeat next year. You've oh, got I'll just I'll have two to, trophies to repeat. I'll just two have trophies. to like
0: be a complete ignorant prick all next year, so that you know <laughs> no one votes for me for sportsman. Let somebody else win, and you know That's maybe right. I'll go all competitive and you know be miserable.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I don't see my goal happening.
1: next year is get in the top three for craftsmen. I think it's going to be a tough competition next year. I really do. I think it's going to get tougher.
0: Maybe that's my goal. Maybe the, maybe I should try to up my game on painting and stuff.
1: Join the club. Come you know, on. We I'm good it.
0: with the display board building, but the painting is where I'm like...
1: We need to combine forces because I hate display board. <laughs> there we painting. go. Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah. We'll have to play a doubles tournament sometime, Chris. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, well that is it for another episode here on North of the Shire, and thank you very much, Chris, for coming in. It's been great to have you. Look forward to having you on again, uh, sooner than later.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a, a fun time.
0: Yeah. And congratulations awesome. again. Oh, thank you, and and to you also. Um, and I know you just finished telling me that you're you're off next week. So what what right. what are your plans? Are you gonna like uh, get the paintbrushes out or what?
1: I am. I'm off to the cottage, and you, as you know, cottage is my painting uh, quiet time. Yeah. Uh, so I have 40 Easterling troops to paint in seven days. Let's see how many I've got done oh, by wow. the end of it. I'll send you a note. Maybe I'll post yeah. on the on the um, on the Facebook that uh, what I got done.
0: That would be one more model than my total painted for this year of 39. <laughs> <laughs> but but as you mentioned it, I am also off next week. So Ooh. I'm sure I will probably paint maybe I'll set my goal at four models. you paint 40 and I'll paint I'll try to paint four. All right deal <laughs> deal. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us here on North of the Shire and hopefully we'll have another episode out and won't be like six or seven weeks like this last one. Maybe it'll be two or three weeks, but thank you again and see you on the next episode.